I didn't think there'd be vampires on campus. We must have been at about 40,000 feet when it happened. <gasps> what was that? You are the Slayer. One girl in all the world. Did anybody say that? Yeah. Guess what? I feel better. Guys, where are we? Hi, Pat. Hey, Sammy. How's it going? It's going pretty good. Hey, big moment for the podcast. We've hit double digits. What? Wait, yeah. double digits of what? This is episode 10. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Way to get with the program. Don't double digits of episodes. Okay. Yes, yes. We are I'm with, on I'm with you now. <laughs> officially episode 10 of Kicking and Streaming. Wow. We've done it. Oh, yeah. Let's pack up. We've done it. Yeah. Uh, what? This is it. But there's so much more to Buffy. What? Oh, I thought this was like a finish there's so line much, moment. Like, there's so much like more good Buffy. Is there? You know? Oh, oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Really? I Come think on. we I think we saw like all there is to see really. But like Lost, we could totally stick with Lost and just keep watching oh, Lost. Oh, is that is that right? Yeah. I thought you said you were I'm into you know, it. Buffy I like was it. Growing on I'm you. just joshing with you. Just just Who's good Josh? old good old Thursday. Is Josh a new a new Lost guy? It's actually Some new fucking Lost guy that just shows up? It's actually the first name of uh Sawyer, the actor, Josh Holloway. Would you look at that? Oh, I'm just joshing with you. Peaches, Pinky. Oh, great. Cool. So what's up? What's new? Check out my shirt. You didn't even say anything about my shirt. Oh, wow. Sunnydale High School. Would you look at that? Look Would at you that. Look at it. it it's shrank, got fire though. on the H. And what is that? A, a thorn or a stake? What is, oh, horns. Devil horns on the S's. Horns, Pat? Those They're vampire horns. teeth. Oh, They're vampire coming down teeth. from the bottom. Right. They're teeth. They're not <laughs> horns. I guess that makes more sense. <laughs> when you put it in that context. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so. But uh, the horns could work too. I thought teeth would be more, you know, not as curved. Those are curved. Fangs. They're fangs. Are fangs curved though? I guess they are. Yeah, and they're usually curved or, or slightly elongated. Right. They're okay. definitely sharp. But if you flipped it upside down, it could be horns. If you if they were on if they were on the top of the S's, then they would be horns. Okay. Yes. All right. We gotta revisit this zoo idea so you can understand where horns are placed on animals. Okay. <laughs> zoo trip. <laughs> zoo trip. See if we can find zoo giles. Yeah. <laughs> cool. What's going on in your life? Ah, nothing. Whole lot of nothing. I think I've been in the house too long. <laughs> I'm starting <laughs> oh, to hit no. that. I'm starting to hit that point of quarantine where it's like, oh boy. <laughs> are you not are you not going into work no right all? right now i don't have to we're actually oh. told to to stay home and work from home as much as possible okay yeah well that's good yeah i mean on the one hand but it obviously good. it gives you cabin fever cabin <laughs> cabin cabin fever cabin beaver fever not cabin, <laughs> which you've had beaver fever i've have had beaver fever i've also had beaver fever too no no <laughs> yeah <laughs> tell me that you have not <laughs> say it ain't so yeah yeah i think it's the uh, the winter of 2010 i had beaver fever oh boy well you know it's all the rage over. yeah <laughs> uh so yeah not much to report on my end but uh things are going well Thank you. Good. Cool. All right. All caught up. Should we get into Buffy? Yeah, let's do this. Let's do this. All right. So we are talking about Buffy Season 1, Episode 10, Nightmares. Nightmares. Original air date, May 12th. 
1997. It was written by David Greenwalt and Joss Whedon, directed by Bruce Seth Green. I'll say it again, no relation to my heartthrob. <laughs> right. <laughs> your prediction didn't really relate to this episode, but uh, your prediction from, from last episode was that Principal Snyder will be a thorn in the side of Buffy, Willow, Giles... Yeah, no principal whatsoever. No principal sightings. Yeah, so you said that he would be a thorn in their side for the next few episodes, and then the master will kill him in the finale. No, no principal sightings. Nope. This episode. So far, he's a monster of the week. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I would say so. He was a bit of a monster. So we open in the master's underground church lair. Mm -hmm. Buffy comes through a tunnel holding a stake. Yeah. While the master is creeping behind a pillar. Yeah, he's sort of slinking around the pillar, large pillar. Yeah. (laughs) Buffy spins around quickly to find the master right behind her. Mm -hmm. She is like shaking. Uh, She drops her stake and he hisses at her. His hand closes around her neck and then he leans in to bite her. She starts yelling, no, no. And, you know, we're suddenly we're in her bedroom and her mom is waking her up Boom. saying yes she wakes know. up cold sweat yeah cold yeah. sweat classic wake up scene yeah yeah from from a nightmare yeah and her mom is saying yes time to go to school she says that her dad is coming to visit her right this is the first first time we've actually heard anything about her dad right i mean they might have mentioned him once before but now he's yeah, like a I mean, character. She talked a little bit about her parents splitting when she was talking to Amy in mm-hmm. Witch because Amy's parents had also split. Right. Um, but yeah, we've never, we haven't really had any like real concrete conversations about him. Yeah. Other than, you know, sort of Buffy and her mom occasionally making kind of like vague references to the divorce sort mm-hmm. of. So we cut to Buffy and Willow at school. They're walking in the hall. Buffy says her dad visits her on weekends sometimes and that her parents' divorce, you know, became official last year, but they were separated before that. Mm-hmm. Willow asks if she knows why they split and Buffy says they stopped getting along, but that she probably wasn't much help as she was always getting into trouble with her slaying and stuff. Yeah, you're a problem child if you're out there slaying vampires. Yeah, I mean. Not easy to deal with. Not, you know, it's that's the thing that you got to be out late at night, you know? Yeah. Especially during the summer. It's like doesn't get dark until eight, nine o'clock sometimes. Right. So Willow, you know, Willow's like, I'm sure that didn't have anything to do with your dad leaving. And, you know, it's good that he still visits. And Buffy's like, sometimes. So she's clearly still like a little weary about the situation. Like, yeah. Yeah. So to me, she's like, doesn't seem convinced. She's kind of like, seems... Like, maybe he won't show up or something. You know, she's definitely got, like, a little bit of anxiety around this situation. Yeah. I don't know if that, like, if you read that situation similarly. Yeah, I, I feel like maybe her relationship with her father is maybe a little emotionally charged. Like, there's maybe some, there's some baggage one way or the other. It could be just her thinking that she is the cause of the relationship ending so she blames herself and she's unsure about how he actually feels about it which actually comes up later on in the episode as yes. her nightmare right so yeah. i spoilers fe- well you know you gotta watch the show okay people <laughs> <laughs> i just start yelling at the listeners well, just watch the show don't get mad at me <laughs> so yeah i th- i think i think that's sort of 
the cause of it. Yeah, well, and we don't know how she wound up with her mom and not her dad. You know, like that's something that I thought about too. I mean, that's pretty typical Yeah. in divorce situations. Of course, like my backstory is very different. Like I- Flip-flop. Yeah, I was with, my sister and I were with my dad. Right. Uh, which- turned out to be a pretty damn good thing for us <laughs> mm-hmm. so it's just kind of yeah there's a lot that's not really answered or, or known about that situation so right. yeah so then uh they get to a classroom cordelia complains that a guy named wendell is standing in her light yeah and xander comes in for a few cordy jabs and then <laughs> cordy jabs <laughs> oh, that's what cordy we should, jabs. that's what we should have called this podcast <laughs> cordy jabs cordy jabs <laughs> where we just pick on cordelia every episode i'd mm-hmm. be down with that yeah. Then Willow wonders aloud, uh, why is she so Evita-like? Um, did you get that reference? Is that... I imagine probably not. <laughs> oh, no. I was thinking Elvira, but that's not correct. Evita? No. <laughs> I don't know what Evita is. It's actually Velvita, which is the cheesy... Oh, yeah. You know... That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I never that. liked Velvita, by the why way. Why is she so Velvita-like? <laughs> I remember when I was a kid... Is either in class or somebody's house when they sliced up Velveeta cheese and it was like a big treat for everybody to have a slice of Velveeta. Oh, and I remember God. putting it in my mouth and being like, this isn't cheese. What is this? Well, you were from Vermont, right? Right. So you knew what cheese was. I knew what real cheese was. Oh, I mean, did I know what no cheese Wisconsin, was? It's no Wisconsin, but. Yeah, but it's, it's pretty like close. close. We got a second, lot of cows. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so Velveeta weren't cheese. You were like, this is not sharp. <laughs> This cheese is dull. It's not extra, extra sharp or even extra sharp. It's Velveeta. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I never had like the the chunk, the Velveeta chunk cheese, but my mom would make um, the Velveeta like mac and cheese, all that the shells and cheese that came with like the, you know, the gloopy sauce. Gloopy. Oh, no, thank you. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I was down with it. You liked it? I see. I was all craft. Blue box all the day. No, Velveeta was just rich and creamy and full of God knows nah, what. Nah, Gack. nah. You got to have that powder Yellow cheese. Gack. You know what I'm saying? The powder <laughs> cheese and like a half stick of butter. Okay, throw that in there with some milk. Yeah, mix it all up. That's where mm. it's at. Mm-mm. Nice and thick, creamy. No. Yeah, powder cheese. But you know what? I'll take Annie's any day. Annie's mac and cheese, especially the the shapes. They got like the little. They have like ones that are tree shaped. They have yeah. ones that are like little animal shaped, bunny shaped. Yeah. I like the shapes. They definitely taste better. Look, Annie's, I know it's organic and good for you and whatnot. It ain't no craft powdered. No, it's better. No. It just doesn't doesn't have the taste. Doesn't have that kick. Well, I don't think we're ever gonna be sponsored by a mac and cheese brand here. <laughs> no, I don't think we so. We can't agree. <laughs> we can't agree on one. <laughs> I bet we can agree on one. What? Panera's. Never had it. Oh, Pat. Every time I go- It's Vermont white cheddar mac and cheese. I can't look past broccoli cheddar uh, bowls, the oh. bread bowls. Those are the best. They're the best. And then you get a ciabatta extra bread on the side. Oh, see, so you much and Dave bread. would have a great Panera date because that's what he gets. Yeah. Dave and I should go and connect over Panera. Yeah, you should. It'd be very nice. <laughs> That'd be a nice date. <laughs> I'd like to be a fly on the wall for that. <laughs> It'd just be mainly me just eating the bread bowl and just paying attention to that. Be like, it's pretty good, right? <laughs> very talkative. 
Anyway, so it's uh, she says, why is she so Avita-like? Right. Wow, that really took a turn. Uh, God, us and our <laughs> tangents. All right, Evita. Evita. Evita is a reference to Eva Peron, whose nickname is Evita. She was a small-time actress before she became the wife of Argentine President Juan Peron and the first lady of Argentina from 1946 until her death at 33 in 1952. I don't know much about her. Yeah. I only knew about the Andrew Lloyd Webber musical that was turned into a movie in 1996 starring Madonna and Antonio Banderas. But I wanted to know more about her. I haven't actually seen Evita. No, I haven't either. (laughs) But I know like one of the main songs from it. I I just remember when I worked in the movie store, Evita was on the shelves. But that's all I know about it. And I'll tell you what, that reference in the show, if you don't know what the reference is, I feel like it's not a good reference. Well, I think probably people <laughs> at the time maybe would have gotten it, especially maybe. because in 96 was when the movie came out and the show was airing in 97. Wait, so is it referencing the movie? Well, the movie was based on Ava Perone's life. Oh, I get it you. Was, See, it, it makes sense. It was called Evita. Yeah. Okay. So, so it, that, it was, that was in her the nickname. forefront of pop culture. Yeah. So I don't know much about her, uh, only like kind of what I looked up in in researching this reference but to me she seemed like a pretty like incredible powerhouse feminist who championed women and the poor but she also had a reputation as a self-centered fashion obsessed prima donna so i think that is where the courty insult comes in yeah so i think that's what willow is saying not necessarily that you know cordelia is some awesome feminist character person but that she's a prima donna gotcha Okay. So that's where that is. Um, <laughs> All right. That's where that comes from. But now I kind of want to see the Madonna movie because I like Madonna. Anyway, so Xander asks if there's any homework. Willow says, we're doing active listening today. And Xander doesn't get it. So here, clearly he wasn't active listening nope. about the homework. <laughs> so Buffy, Willow, and Wendell all try to explain it to Xander. And he finally catches on when Buffy describes the tight blue sweater that their teacher had been wearing when demonstrating active listening the day before with Xander. And he's like, oh, yeah, OK, now I get it. Class proceeds. Buffy drops a pencil. And then she notices a young boy uh, in a white shirt standing in the classroom door and, you know, whom no one else seems to notice. Mm-hmm. So the teacher calls on Wendell. Uh, he opens up his book and then spiders. spider explosion. spider explosion. Spiders just come out of the book, start crawling everywhere, crawl up on him. Yeah. Oh, Shazam. Oh, oh Shazam. <laughs> uh, oh. A lot of spicy. Uh, Do you not like spiders? Spiders aren't my spiders. worst. <laughs> the worst, you know how you know what my worst. Yeah, I know what your fear is. Situation is. Yeah, but they're not my favorite. But spiders that big, the tarantulas. Tarantulas. No, thank you. Yeah. No, thank you. I would have been also screaming. So everybody starts screaming pretty much in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And then the boy, Buffy sees the boy, and he said, "Actually, I don't know if she actually sees this, but we see the boy say, sorry about that.' And then we get the sorry about music. that." Sorry. Yeah. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Yeah, then we get the title. <laughs> you know, he says it like kind of quiet and sheepishly. Sorry about that. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about it. Sorry about it. Didn't want that to happen, but... But it did. Spider explosion. Schwoopsies. <laughs> yeah, and then we go to the intro music. Mm-hmm. So we come back from the title sequence, and the master is given given his sermon. So it's church day. To the mini-me. 
to his mini me that's what i wrote down (laughs) (laughs) good (laughs) (laughs) to his mini me slash the anointed one did you notice mini me's auto-tune voice this time i did i wrote it i wrote that down all right yes because i heard it again i was like i wonder if sammy picked up on it this time oh yeah i definitely did i don't know if i yeah i don't know if i just like didn't connect it or whatever last time or see look i'm educating you about the show that you know so well yeah i pointed that out to you yeah you i mean you're also this is a big moment (laughs) (laughs) yeah this is such a big moment okay really gonna add to my love for the show the auto-tune voice mini me yeah yeah cool cool (laughs) (laughs) all right so master mini me sermon He's giving him a sermon about fear. He says, fear is a wonderful thing. It is the most powerful force in the human world. Not love, not hate, fear. And he asks Colin what he feared when he was mortal. And Colin says, monsters. But it's auto-tuned, so it's like, monsters. (laughs) Monsters. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then, yeah, I wrote, and by the way, I definitely noticed the reverb on his voice now. (laughs) Yeah. Um, The master then goes on to preach about how fear is in the mind, and if if he can face his fear, it cannot master him. And he, like, kind of puts his hand on a giant cross, and he's like, these are just two wooden beams crossed, you know, which, you know, of course, should burn and cause him a lot of pain and sort of cause him to, like, shriek and and pull back. But he's kind of demonstrating that he's confronting his fear. Isn't his hand kind of sizzling, though? His hand is sizzling, but he's not, like, drawing away from it. Because he also says, you know, fear is, like, pain. Pain, you know, yeah. pain can also be mastered. Um, mastered. Mastered, yeah. Right. Master, master, mastering his fears. Yep. The master has a master's. MF. Master of fear. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> then he says that something is happening above a new powerful psychic force and that something is changing for the worse. And I'm like, Worse for him or worse for Buffy? That was my thought. But, yeah. I mean, I think we kind of kind of know where that's going. Yes. Uh, so then we kind of like, what is that? What is that called when they like? When the camera rise goes above. Up, yeah. The camera booms up. So the camera booms up, and we see the blood well and everything. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that, and you were like blood well. Oh yeah. I did. Oh, yeah, yeah. You didn't even notice it. No, I didn't. I think I was writing notes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then, so then, yeah, we go all the way up above ground at Sunnydale High. Mm -hmm. Buffy's mom drops her off at school and, uh, you know, tells her that she was yelling in her sleep all night. Yeah. Buffy kind of shakes it off, but then she panics that she left her overnight bag at home. um, And her mom says that, you know, it's like, she's like, it's not... It's not a, an international crisis. You and your dad can pick it up after school. And Buffy still kind of seems a little bit worried that her dad won't show up. You know, she's she's, she's like, apprehensive. Yeah, she's like, he'll, he'll pick me up here after school. And, you know, and her mom's like, are you worried he's not going to show up? And and she's like, no, no. Should I be? You know? Yeah. Um. So she's, yeah, apprehensive is a good way of putting it. But Joyce reassures her, tells her that her father loves her. So does she. And she tells her to have a great day. Now you run along, Buffy. Enjoy your day at Sunnydale. <laughs> at Sunnydale High. Sunnydale High. Here, take your bagged lunch. Lunchbox. Here's <laughs> <laughs> your lunchbox. <laughs> I had a Buffy metal lunchbox. I'm sure that doesn't surprise you. <laughs> no, it does not. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just thought that was nice that even though like her parents are divorced, it's obviously still pretty fresh. 
Joyce isn't putting Buffy in the middle of it and she doesn't seem to have any animosity for her ex-husband or at least doesn't reveal that to Buffy. Um, I had a lunchbox that was orange and one of the ugliest things you've ever seen. Okay, cool. We were talking about parents and divorce, and you got to cut in with that? Sorry, real quick. A real quick aside. So I had this lunchbox, and it was so ugly because it was from the 60s or 70s. I think my mom got it when she had my older siblings, and they were born in the 70s. So, Wow, really? Is there that much of a difference? Yeah. Between you and your siblings? Yeah, my uh, oldest sister is 11 years my senior oh wow yeah so anyways this lunchbox was so ugly it was like a tupperware but it had these two like wire like handles that would clasp together on top and it was the ugliest orange thing ever and all my friends called it the alien lunchbox (laughs) they're like look at pat and his alien lunchbox (laughs) did you ever try to hit them with it no i just owned it i was like yeah it's it's pretty it's pretty weird that's the other way to do it. You just got to own it. Own yeah. your weird. You'd I was be one like, of the original why, hipsters. Why would I get a different one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be like, you could sell that thing for like $200 now. Right. But anyway, uh, in the hallway, Xander and Willow catch up with Buffy to recap their feelings about the spider incident yep. from the previous day. And Xander seems pretty unruffled, but Willow, as he puts it, has been kind of insane about what happened yesterday. Willow says, I don't like spiders, okay? They're furry bodies and they're sticky webs. And what do they need all those legs for anyway? I'll tell you, for crawling across your face in the middle of the night. Right, so this is Willow's fear. Yes, but this is exactly what I say about centipedes. Millipedes or centipedes? Centipedes. Okay, what's the difference? Uh, Centipedes are like, they have legs that are long and stick out. Long legs. And they move very quickly. Millipede, this is not like scientific Scientifically. in any way. So <laughs> yeah. we got to get Zoo Giles on here to yeah. tell us. <laughs> he, well, um, he got eaten. Right. Sorry to say. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Zoo Giles. Um, well, not sorry, really, but. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. And millipedes, eaten. they have tinier legs and their bodies are more rounder, more like uh, almost like shell. Like, you know, those pill bugs? No. You know those, like, pill bugs that, like, roll up Ugh. and have, like, a hard shell? Yeah, don't like that. They, they look a little bit more like that. Okay. Kind of like a harder shell. I don't know why I asked for the fast. difference. I don't know why you asked either, because I'm going to be thinking about this now, and yeah. I don't want to be thinking about this. Okay. <sighs> All right. So, anyways. Right. So, Xander is not does not seem worried at all mm-hmm. about this hairy situation. Ugh. He says, I'm not worried. If there's something bad out there, we'll find it. You'll mm-hmm. slay. We'll party. Right. And she's party. just kind of like, thanks for the confidence. Right. <laughs> they enter the library and Giles seems to have lost his way in the stacks. Yeah, he seems very airheaded at this point. He's very confused. He's looking all around. And he says he couldn't find anything particularly illuminating. Mm-hmm. about what happened and and he's just like you know i suggest you talk to wendell so buffy willow and xander go to talk to wendell who i got the kind of like crazy zoo giles vibe from him for a little bit where he starts spitting out spider facts yeah he was all into it yeah um and he says he's like you know he said this has happened to him lots of times yeah but he reveals that he actually loves spiders but they hate me but they hate me Um, And then Cordy comes to ask Buffy if she's ready for the history test. And Buffy panics 
She's like, nobody told me there was a history test. And then kind of runs after Cordelia. Mm-hmm. And one, uh, Wendell tells Xander and Willow that he used to have the best collection of spiders in the Tri-County area. Then he went to Wilderness Camp and left the spiders in the care of his brother, who left their heat lamp on for a week. Yeah. And he came home, and they were all dead. Yeah. Fried up. Fried crispy up. Crispy spiders. I guess that's what happens. Would you eat spiders dipped in no, chocolate? No. No. Oh, we Why? talked about this already, I think. <laughs> I would not eat spiders dipped in chocolate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> would you eat spiders dipped in peanut butter no i wouldn't eat spiders period okay dipped okay? in anything i have a rule i don't eat spiders all right that's a good rule but okay. you know on average the average human swallows about one to two spiders per year yeah i think snopes uh uh debunked, debunked. that yeah oh thank god okay good i can let them know <laughs> not Actually, that that weighs heavily that. on maybe me we, but... <laughs> maybe we should uh figure that out do you want me to look it up? I'll look it up real quick. Okay, cool. You look it up. Snopes. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So then he says, that's when the nightmare started. It's always the same. I'm sitting in the classroom. Teacher asks me to read something. I open up my book and there they are. They're coming after me. And he describes the exact situation that happened in class yesterday. Buffy can't seem to find her history class. Um, and Cordelia is kind of standing outside holding the door, mocking her that she, that Buffy's, she, you know, she's like, well, you always skip it. Buffy sits down to take the test, looks at the clock and it reads 1120. Then she begins to write her name. And she's like, well, at least I know my name. Breaking news. We don't eat spiders when we sleep. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. The fact okay, that good. people swallow eight spiders in their sleep yearly isn't true. Not even close. Oh my God, eight. <laughs> The myth flies in the face of both spider and human biology, which makes it highly unlikely that a spider would ever end up in your mouth. Oh. There you go. It's not Snopes, but it's from scientificamerican.com. So which let's I trust. believe it. Yeah. <laughs> they are more scientific than we are. Yep. Okay. And Continue. Maybe more American as well. Mm hmm. Um, yeah. So Buffy sits down to take the test. She looks at the clock and it reads 1120. She starts to write her name on the test um, paper and she's like, well, at least I know my name. But her pencil breaks and then when she goes to sharpen it and look up at the clock again, it's already 1210. Can I jump in here? Yeah. This... You didn't know what time it was because you couldn't read a clock? Nope. Okay. This is my nightmare. Not, this is your nightmare. Not the pencil breaking and not being able to write your name, but, but not I prepared. have the nightmare all the time where... I enrolled in some class. I'm back in school or college or something. I enrolled in a class and I didn't go to one class the whole semester. And somehow it's the end of the semester and I have to pass and I'm not going to pass. And there's a final or something and I need to pass the final, but I didn't go to any of the classes mm -hmm. or I missed every single class and there's no way I can make it up. This That's... happens monthly. Really? Yep. Well, it's funny because I wanted to ask you... At some, like I was going to ask you at the end, if we didn't talk about it during the episode, if you have reoccurring nightmares. And I don't really have any. Yeah, this is the only one that's reoccurring for me. Normally, I have very unique and creative nightmares or dreams in general. Yeah. But this is the one that always crops back up. Wow. Yeah. So when I when it happened to Buffy, I said, that's the one I always have. That's funny because I think Dave said the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's very, very common. I have, I feel like, I mean, 
you know, who knows, in, in 33 years of having dreams, I maybe have had this one, but I don't really remember. Because like a lot of what happens in this episode are, it's, sound, it's like recurring nightmares. It's not just like they have it one time. I will have dreams uh, with my teeth falling out. My mom has those. Well, for me, it's always an omen of death. What? So I keep track of it now. Oh, because, because it pre it's a precursor to somebody dying? It's like a premonition, yeah. Is it 100%? 100%. Every oh. time I've had the dream. Ugh. Yep. Well, next time and, that happens, don't tell me because then I'm going to freak oh, out. Oh, I will never tell you. I I'm would never. i think it's me. <laughs> no, I always write it down, but I never. I would never tell anyone. Okay. Well, people are always dying, you know? Yeah. Um, but but it's not like, so it's like someone you have I the didn't dream, know. And then like Michael Jackson dies and you're like, I knew it. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> it's always someone I have met, even if it's someone okay. I'm not close with. All right. Um, most <clears throat> of the time it's someone I'm very close with okay. or or at least like has been in my life. A Spooky. Semi-significant portion of the time. But other than that, I don't, I can't really remember like super recurring nightmares. Hmm. I had a nightmare after I was helping my dad put up sheetrock in our basement and he dropped he dropped it on my foot. I had a nightmare that night that my foot fell off <laughs> and he didn't care. He didn't care. He's like, well, what are yeah. you going to do, stumpy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, <laughs> yeah, I don't really have He's like, lace up and... that peg leg and let's get back to work. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we actually were putting up sheetrock in real life. Right. And in my dream, my foot fell off. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Very weird. But I think it's, I thought this was kind of crazy because last episode, you and I were talking about horror films mm -hmm. and like- the things that scare us the most. And I was talking about how Nightmare on Elm Street scares me the most because yeah. you can't control when you're dreaming. Yeah, you this know? this episode had a lot of Nightmare on Elm Street yeah. type things. So that was pretty, I I didn't even remember because I, for some reason, always think that this episode is in season two. I don't know why, but um, hmm. so I didn't even remember that this was coming up. But the bell rings and class is over and we see the little boy in the white shirt again. We cut to the hall and a girl is telling another girl that she's going to take a break and heads into the basement to smoke. Uh, yeah. The little boy is there and, and he says, and he's like, you know, nobody is noticing him. He's just kind of like off, you know, in, in sort of like the background kind of. Yeah. And he says, you shouldn't go in there. But who does he say that to himself? He just says it to himself because nobody is noticing him. Right. So we're you know we're led to believe that like nobody can see him yeah so yeah he just kind of says it to himself because she doesn't see him or acknowledge that mm -hmm. so she goes down and she lights up a cigarette starts to smoke and then a big dude with a deformed face lurks in the shadows he whispers lucky 19 mm -hmm. and then beats the snot out of the girl yeah. with his arm that just looks like a giant bludgeon it's like a club arm yeah, club yeah. arm. That's Clarm. what I called it. Yep. I called it a bludgeon because it's very British sounding. Yeah, or bludger. Well, bludger is Harry Potter. A yeah. Harry Potter ball. Oh, that's the ball. I thought it was the club. Yeah. That's uh, the beater. Oh, yeah. No, the beater is the person. Oh, this is so confusing. <laughs> <laughs> Don't test my Harry Potter knowledge. <laughs> Buffy and Giles... They're at the hospital. Visit her. I wrote visit her in the library, but she's not in the yeah, library. The she hospital. is in the hospital <laughs> where she says she doesn't want to be alone. And she kind of describes what happened to them. 
Yeah. But she can't really put into words what it looked like. Yeah, she calls the thing it. Yeah. I mean, because I probably would have too. I mean, it was definitely- I would have called it like a man with a big, big- uh, Bludger arm. Yeah, bludger arm. Blarm. Uh, What did you call it? Club arm? Clarm? Yeah, club arm. Yeah. Um, And so she's like- doesn't really can't really describe it but as they go to leave laura tell her name's laura mm-hmm. uh she tells them that this thing said lucky 19 right before it beat her yeah giles and buffy speak to a doctor who says laura got off pretty easy compared to the first one who's still in a coma um it was a boy who was found a week ago and he said you know it's the same mo somebody's got to stop this guy we cut to sunnydale high and we get your perfect picture of high school (laughs) what the cool guy three t-birds looking dudes (laughs) i i wrote in leather jackets i wrote cool guy in all caps in the hallway (laughs) talking to his buddies about kicking butt (laughs) this is what i thought high school was gonna be i know come on where's my where's my t-bird jacket Um, yeah, so three T-Birds looking guys are gathered around a locker and one of them's talking about starting a fight. Yeah, he's like, it's about honor. (laughs) And then his mom shows up. (laughs) She just wants to smooch him. She starts kissing him, calls him my little pookie. Oh, my little pookie. She starts kissing him and And he's he's, like, mom. Yeah. Oh, it's the best. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, And Xander and Will are kind of like in the background of this situation. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, they wonder if Laura uh, had a dream about being beat up and Xander doesn't, he's not convinced that these things are connected. They walk into a classroom and blammo, Xander is naked except for his skivvies. Yeah, his boxers. Yep. Yep. And he keeps uh, pinching himself. He's like, this isn't happening. This is a dream. And he's like, pinch, pinch, pinch. Oh, no. Yeah, he tries to wake himself up. Yeah. Uh, and then he kind of like screams. <laughs> he's like (laughs) (laughs) like he has a fun i love all of the fun like yells in this episode willow has a moment a little bit yeah giles does too i don't know if you caught that um giles yes he also has one (laughs) yeah so he he runs out willow follows after him and then we cut to giles in the library Mm -hmm. pouring over papers and he's saying this can't be happening and buffy comes in and he tells her that he can't read Oh, did you and, notice in the background of this the scene? Oh, I don't know if I did. What? Cage with a meal slot in the background again. Oh. Yeah, it's there. <laughs> yeah, it's there. It's, it's all the fixed up. Yeah, I know. It's all I'm going to notice now in the library is whenever we see the cage. <laughs> oh. It's well, a big moment. It's going to be very distracting for you because they're in that part of the library a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. Because that table's like right there. Right. Um. So Buffy is like, what do you mean? You can read like three languages. And Giles says, five, actually, on a normal day. The words here don't make any sense. It's gibberish. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like frustrated, you know. Yeah. Um, Then Buffy looks at the papers and she notices the boy in it. And she's like, she says that that's the one that she's been seeing around school. And she reads from the paper, uh, 12-year-old Billy Palmer was found beaten and unconscious after his kitty league game Saturday. Doctors describe his condition as critical. So Buffy then connects that to the boy in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she kind of asks Giles and he's like, I don't know what's going on. And she says, what am I, knowledge girl now? That's your terrain. 
<laughs> yes. So then, then Giles ponders that it might be astral projection. Yeah. Which is the theory that while one sleeps, one has another body, an astral body, which can travel through time and space. And Buffy asks, so I could be seeing Billy's asteroid body? <laughs> right. Yeah. So she's not quite knowledge girl. <laughs> no. <laughs> she tried. And he's like, astral body. And she just kind of rolls her eyes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Buffy's dad whom she introduces as Hank Summers, enters the library and says that he wants to talk to her. They walk outside and plop down on a park bench where he reveals that Buffy was the cause of her parents' divorce. Yeah. This scene is the best acting I've seen out of Buffy yet. It felt like a very real moment. I'm not saying Mm -hmm. she's a... She's like... Okay. She's not... Okay. (laughs) I have to choose my words carefully here. Mm -hmm. So this was great acting. Good. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this was a rough, this is a rough scene. And I cry every time I see it. Yeah, Um, it feels pretty real. It's very real. And he, because it's, it's clearly a fear that she's like, we've seen her having this fear throughout the episode. And he just really lays on the guilt saying, you know, having you, raising you, seeing you every day. I mean, do you have any idea what that's like? Which I was like, ooh, seeing you every yeah. day? Like, uh, all you ever do is think about yourself. You get in trouble. You embarrass us with all the crazy stunts you pull. You're sullen and rude. And you're not nearly as bright as I thought you would be. Mm-hmm. Could you stand to live in the same house with a daughter like that? So, oh, that yeah. was mm. like Gut devastating. Yeah. yeah. So she starts to cry and then he he keeps going. He says, <laughs> you know, I don't think it's very mature getting blubbery when I'm just trying <laughs> yeah. to be honest. Like, dude. <laughs> and he said, speaking of which, I don't Ultra really nightmare. get anything. Yeah. Uh, He says, you know, speaking of which, I don't really get anything out of these weekends with you. So what do you say we just don't do them anymore? Yeah. You know, she just like looks at him and he pats her on the leg and says, I sure thought you'd turn out differently. Yeah, that was that was rough. Oh, that's a rough one. If my dad ever said anything like that to me, it would gut me. Be pretty bad. So then Buffy sees Billy again. He's kind of standing there. He's just kind of standing there. Then Xander and Willow enter the library and tell Giles what happened to Xander and how he wound up naked, yeah. almost naked. And Willow's and, all about it, but trying to hide it. He's yeah. like, yeah, that was a bad thing. It was a bad oh, thing. It was a bad It thing. was so bad as I walked behind you the whole way until we found you some sweats from Jim. <laughs> uh, and, oh, I should have mentioned this that earlier. That doesn't actually happen. We when we actually, cry. when we see Xander... Uh, naked he's built pretty well yeah he's got a nice body yeah he's like working out that xander yeah 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 he's nothing to shake a stick at no i'm surprised they don't show it off more you can make a prediction about that where's my pen (laughs) i'm gonna wait until you actually write it down because otherwise nothing will happen and you'll forget about this I wrote it down. And then Willow starts connecting it. So she says, you know, like being naked in class was Xander's recurring nightmare. Having spiders come out of a book was Wendell's. Mm-hmm. And then Giles says that he has dreamt that he got lost in the stacks and that he couldn't read. Yeah. So Xander says, our dreams are coming true. And Giles says, dreams? 
That would be a musical comedy version of this. Nightmares. Our nightmares are coming true. So Xander's like, why is this happening? And Giles says, Billy. And he's like, well, that was a shorter explanation than normal. (laughs) It's Billy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. That was funny. And so Giles says that, you know, he thinks Billy has crossed over from the nightmare world he's trapped in uh, and he's brought the nightmares with him. Yeah. Then we cut to Cordelia's nightmare, which is... <laughs> it's a bad hair day. <laughs> bad hair day. She's looking at her hair in the mirror, and it's big and it's frizzy. It's all frizzy. Yeah. And crazy, which Does she have gum in it or something? She's, like, picking something out of it? She doesn't have gum. She's trying to comb it. Oh, she's her, trying to comb it. Okay. And her comb breaks. Right. Yeah. It just made it even worse. Yeah. That was funny. Um, it's pretty funny. It's a it's a bad... <laughs> it's, it's bad a lot hair of day. hair. Yeah. Yeah. That is a nightmare. And then she also has a great quiet scream. She's like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exasperated. <laughs> I feel like we need to do a scream compilation of this episode. <laughs> oh, yeah, so that'd be good. good. We cut to Buffy. She's still walking around outside. She spots Billy going into what looks like a gymnasium. We can't like, yep. see the full room, but there's dark bleachers. Yeah. Um, what would you say? Dark gym. It's oh, very dark. dark. Yes. Yeah. And she follows him in asking if he's Billy Palmer. And he says, I'm Billy. He says he can't remember what happened after his game, but he mm-hmm. remembers playing baseball. He says he plays second base. Buffy asks if he's lucky 19. And he says, that's what he calls me, the ugly man. He wants to kill me and he hurt that girl. Then the ugly man shows up and is too much for Buffy to handle on her own. Yeah. Club arm and all. I thought like before we can really see his face clearly in his club arm, I actually thought he kind of looked a little bit like um, Sloth from yeah, Goonies. Yeah, he does. Yeah, you're right. Same sort of, same sort of deal. Sloth, Sloth is very lovable and nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, she, so they end up running from the ugly man. Yep. Back in the library, Giles, Willow, and Xander decide to split up to look for Buffy and tell her what's happening. Yeah. And then as they come out of the library... Willow looks over at Cordelia, and what's happening to Cordelia, Pat? They're dragging her <laughs> through the hallway and forcing her to be part of the chess team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and she's in. She's still got her big hair. Her big hair. It's all frizzified, and she's also dressed like she's from the 1700s. <laughs> yeah, like worse <laughs> little, than little house on the prairie. Willow in the in episode one. Yeah. She's got this like super long skirt on. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> um, yeah, she's like, I'm not even in the chess club, I swear. <laughs> like, Come on, and you. Willow Willow is just delighted. <laughs> we can yeah. see this the sly smile on her face. Mm-hmm. Um, then she hears someone whisper her name. Thinking it might be Buffy, she opens the door to the basement, which she's right next to, and goes down. Uh, She keeps calling for Buffy. And then she says, I'm not afraid. You'd think I'd be afraid, but I'm not. And then (laughs) someone pulls her off screen. Yeah, hand grabs her shoulder. Yep. And then we cut to Xander, who's walking into the school, which now looks like it's under construction. Like there's just kind of plastic tarps everywhere and, and ladders. Did you notice the background of this one? Yes, there are Nazi swastikas. Uh, sw- there are swastikas, and earlier in the episode, Xander sa- Xander's like, ah, "Yeah, whatever. I'm not. I'm not afraid of spiders crawling over my face." Now Nazis crawling over my face. Mm. He says something about that, and so Connection. yeah, then I, I then I connected together. it later. Yeah. That yeah, there are swastikas spray painted on the 
on the school. So he kind of is like walking his way into the hallway and then he begins following a trail of candy bars, which is a reference to Hansel and Gretel. And always just just always a bad just you know, don't eat the candy bars that are on the floor when you know you're in a nightmare situation. <laughs> yeah, it's funny too when he picked them up and he's like, all right, candy bar. <laughs> yeah. He just started seeing it. It's like, boy, you are too animated about found candy. Yeah, and also, even if you're not in a nightmare situation living on a hell mouth, just picking up candy off the floor. Yeah, it's not, not a good a practice. Great move, yeah, you know, just don't get into get, that. Get your candy the normal way that you get candy by purchasing it from somewhere. From Maybe a getting it, getting it gifted to you. Yeah, but don't pick it up off the floor. But if so. it's on, if it's unused, you know, it looks like pristine it's candy unused. bar. <laughs> <laughs> like if it's unopened, no one pristine has candy on it. bar. Yeah, it's like hmm. I still wouldn't. I'm not gonna pick a candy bar off the floor. But what if? What's your favorite candy bar? Kit Kats. What if it's a Kit Kat, and it's just sitting there? In all its glory, nobody's I can, around. I can afford a Kit Kat that's not on the floor. Okay. What if it's on a chair? Mm. Then I might be tempted. Okay. I'm glad so I got to the go. bottom if of you that. Have, if you ever want to get me, just make sure make sure the candy's on not on the floor. It's on chairs. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I take that back. I like the Ghirardelli dark chocolate with the Little caramel. Squares. Yeah, oh, with yeah, the those caramel are awesome. in the center. Oh. Those Salted are the caramel. Best. They're not a candy bar, though, so like I just didn't connect that. But yeah, those. I bet if you, I bet you could find a bigger one. You could call it a candy bar. Yeah, I think they do have bigger ones. Yeah. Um, I just think of the squares because they're like perfectly proportions. Because like if you get a candy bar like that, even if they're the individual squares, you know, if you break it slightly wrong, then you've got the caramel gushing out, and it's just a mess. And those are more expensive. So you know, like Kit Kats are a dime a dozen. Not really. Not really. They're more, they're like a they're dollar. more than that. They're like they're a dollar, like a dollar for each. One. <laughs> but Ghirardelli, those squares, those are pricey. Yeah. So I find that on a chair. Yeah, I'll be tempted to take that. What about Ghirardelli peppermint bark? Where do you stand on that? Tis the season. I don't like peppermint. Oh come on. And even with dark together. chocolate. No, really. I don't. I don't like mint and chocolate together. When's the last time you tried it? I don't know. I mean, I you don't like uh, York peppermint patties? Nope. Junior mints? No. After eights? No, I don't know what that is, but I probably don't like it if it's mint and chocolate. (laughs) Okay, fine. I like mint separately. I like chocolate separately. I don't like them together. Same thing with peanut butter. No, actually, it's the opposite of peanut butter. What? I don't like, I don't like peanut butter at all, but I do like peanut butter if it's on ants on a log. What's ants on a log? Oh, celery. What? You're a dad. uh, Celery with peanut butter and uh, And raisins. raisins. Yeah. Let's move on. Let's move on. Um, Boy, this is this is going to be, we've been having long episodes lately, but yeah. this one is going to be a doozy. Uh, well, we're just talking about candy and food, and now I am now I just really want chocolate. Now you're jonesing for candy. Now jonesing. So Xander's picking candy off the floor. Bad move, Xander. Yeah. Um, and bad then, Xander. Bad. Bad Xander. Then we cut to Billy and Buffy which is a fun band name, who <laughs> somehow wind up near a baseball diamond. Mm-hmm. Um, Buffy's or Billy is really down on himself for losing the game. You know, he said, I, I missed a ball and I should have caught it. And Buffy said, you missed one ball and the whole game was your fault? What, you were the only one playing? There wasn't eight other people on your team? And Billy said, Billy says, he said it was my fault. 
Um, but I really love that that logic that Buffy pulls out. Like, you're not the only one playing, man. You know, like, yeah, it's a team sport. Other people had to mess up for yeah. uh, for you to get to that point. Then the ugly man shows up and knocks out someone across the street. Um, and Billy and Buffy run through the hedges like she's just like, come this way. And they like bust through some <laughs> some bushes yeah and wind up in a cemetery at night so it was daytime and now all of a sudden it's night and they're in a cemetery yeah then we get back to willow who is dressed in a kimono her face painted up and she's thrust on stage to (laughs) sing a duet from madam butterfly she doesn't know the words so the other guy you know he sings beautifully he's like you know great opera singer and then looks at her and she just looks back at him and then he keeps going and then he looks at her and she's like my turn and then he he like nods at her and she's like (laughs) (laughs) that's really good (laughs) yeah she just kind of like squeaks that made me laugh really hard so here's Uh, so i've had a dream similar to this one not me singing though but i was thrust onto stage and given a guitar and they're like all right you're up here's here's a guitar do you play do it no <laughs> absolutely <laughs> I not know. i don't know if you played at all like when you were no. younger or something no it was like an electric oh. guitar and they're like here you go and i was like okay and yeah didn't yeah. go well and i woke up meanwhile i would be like whatever i'm singing it i don't know the words it's italian <laughs> just it i'm up. just gonna make it up <laughs> you're right you would strut the stage and just yeah. own it yeah <laughs> yep i would That'd be you i would own it yeah i would just i would just start singing don't cry for me argentina which is from avita mm-hmm. cut back to xander who's continuing to eat the chocolate bars and then we start to hear mad giggling yeah cackling giggling yeah Mm -hmm. and out pops a scary clown with a knife killer clown killer clown running at so xander starts to run he's chasing after him through the halls through the halls i probably well actually last episode we did talk about it we talked about it last episode well, we talk, I know we talked about um, oh, just like jump watching scares. horror films and jump yeah, scares and yeah, stuff. Yeah. And I talked about how I watched it when I was like eight years old. Because um, generally, I don't have nightmares after like horror films and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But I do remember having like an intense nightmare after that and going back to like sleeping in my sister's room for at least that night, if not a couple nights. Yeah. I don't have like a real fear of clowns, but they do make me uncomfortable. And I actually, when I was, um, I for a long time did have a pretty intense fear of clowns i think it was like pretty just for me to have those fears because when i was like pretty young i was at like (laughs) i know this story oh yeah (laughs) i was at a fair and um a clown gave me a hard candy and i started choking on it and my my i was with my mom and her i don't know if they were still dating or if they were married at the time but it was her second husband and he like gave me the heimlich yeah but i was looking at the clown (laughs) and the clown's faces are painted to smile so he just looked like he was smiling at me the whole time i was choking most terrifying story (laughs) ever this is the the clown story of all clown stories so i i had a legit fear yeah justifiably <laughs> yes um but i don't really have that anymore like i'm not gonna like run if i see a clown but i'm not gonna want to hang out hang around it or like give it a high five or anything either so did you ever see killer clowns from outer space oh movie? yeah that's that's the one where they put people in uh cotton candy right yeah yeah i couldn't eat cotton candy for a little while after that <laughs> 
that movie. That movie, Joe, my best friend and I, we came across one night. I think it was just on the sci-fi channel or something when we had cable when we were in high school. And we were like, what is this? And it was like the most terrifying thing to ever stumble upon like late at night. It was like one o'clock in the morning. And we're like, what is this? And we watched the whole thing. All right, so duh, 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 I scrolled way past where I was <laughs> I trying to be. I can't get past the. I can't get past the visual of you choking, <laughs> getting the Heimlich maneuver, and yeah. then the clown smiling at you. Yeah, it was. Sometimes I can't. What get was past he doing? Either. Was he just standing? I think there? he was just shocked. He was just oh, shocked. Like and, I'm killing a child right now. And in addition to that. I was in church. I'm sure you heard this story too. I was in church once when I was mm, probably closer to like 10, 11-ish. The candy story happened when I was like, I don't know, maybe five, six, something like that, I feel like. Yeah. And then years later, um, yeah, it was I think it was before my Nana died. So I was probably 10, 11. And we were at church. They always had like a child's or like a kid's sermon kind of thing too sure um and this time they had clowns and one of the clowns was having a heart attack but nobody knew because i guess like like he was asking for help oh my god but like it took a long time before anyone knew that he was like actually asking for help and it was not part of like whatever skit they were putting on this isn't a bit and like i just remember sitting in the pew looking at this clown clutching himself and asking for help did it also look like he was smiling probably because his face was painted (laughs) oh my god (laughs) so yeah now now i'm gonna have some fucking nightmares about clowns tonight yeah you are you're doomed (laughs) i gotta watch some nice happy things before i go to bed Oh God! Uh, yeah, yeah. So anyway, got some clown uh, baggage. We so we we get back to the graveyard. Billy finds an open grave, and then the master shows up, threatening to bury Buffy alive. She catches on that it's not real because she's like, "You can't be free." And he says, "I'm free because you fear it. Because you fear it, this world is crumbling. Your nightmares are made flesh." So this is not the actual master coming out. This is just like a figment or. Well, like he said, like, I'm free because you fear it. And and like your your nightmares are coming true. My question is, after this happens, is the well, master going to have this memory? Well, let's let's come back to that question. OK, so Buffy says this is a dream. And then the master says a dream is a wish your heart makes. Disney. Disney, yeah, you got that. I was wondering if you got that. Is that yes. Pinocchio? No, it's from Cinderella, the oh, original Cinderella, 1950s. Yeah. yeah, so he says, a dream is a wish your heart makes, which I was like, damn. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. This creepy-ass quoting Disney. <laughs> yeah. Um, that always makes things terrifying. <laughs> so then, then he grabs Buffy by the neck, tosses her in the empty grave, and then buries her alive. Yep. Um, and she's like pounding, like, help me, help me, trying to get out. Right. Willow and Xander, back at Sunnydale High, Willow and Xander meet up, and Willow tells uh, Xander what's going on. Xander tells her he's being chased by a clown. Then Giles shows up, and the clown chases all of them. And this is when Giles has a really great yell. (laughs) 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 And they all just, like, run uh, away from the clown. But then Xander turns around, punches the clown, 
and says, yeah. you're a lousy clown. Your balloon animals are pathetic. Everyone can make a giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stepped up. He stepped up. Yeah. Xander's having uh, having some good you know, punches uh, in these last couple of episodes. Lately, he's had like. some hero moments. Yeah. Giles says things are getting worse. In a few hours, reality will fold completely into the realm of nightmares. And the only thing that he can think to do is to try and wake Billy. But Xander is like, we got to find Buffy first. That's when Willow points out the cemetery across the street. So they look across the street and it's basically like a portal open. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a cemetery and there's night. It's right. night in the cemetery. And nobody's noticing this. And nobody's, no- well, everybody else is preoccupied with their own nightmare situation. They got their own things going on. Yeah. So they go into the cemetery and find Buffy's grave. Mm-hmm. Giles says that this is his nightmare because he failed in his duty to protect her. Yep. Um, and this is also like a pretty, this was also like pretty, I mean, like this episode is deep. I feel like talking about everybody's like really dark, you know, darkest fears. I guess, but it's it's also all the situations are so ridiculous that it kind of takes the air out of it a little bit. Like it's not as well, deep as it, as it could have been. Like yeah. I think the moment with Buffy and her dad, like that one felt real because of the performance. Like yeah. it was on her face, the real pain, the real hurt. Well, I guess I felt that way. Not definitely not as strongly, but I did feel that way about Giles and his he 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 feels like he's failed. And I think he knows it's not real, but he still can't help himself from being pretty upset about it. Yeah. Buffy starts to emerge. She kind of punches up from the yeah, ground. she crawls out. But she's a vampire. she got a vamp face. Yeah. Yeah. And Giles is basically like, can you hold it together long enough to find Billy? Yeah. And, and she she's says, like, mm, me hungry. Yeah. She's like, yeah, but we better hurry because I'm getting hungry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Willow starts panicking that they won't be able to wake Billy. And Giles is basically like, Willow, do shut up. <laughs> Which I yeah, like, I wrote Willow. that one down. Yeah. I was like, what a great way to tell somebody to shut up. It's like, do shut up. Do shut up. He's very yeah. polite about it. <laughs> do shut up. Because Willow is just <laughs> panicking and he's like, we can't, we don't have time for this, you know? Yeah. They find Billy in the hospital. Giles yells his name to try to wake him up. And Astral Billy says it won't work. He's got to hide from the the ugly man. Mm-hmm. Um, and then outside... There are bees. Bees. Yeah, these were terrible looking bees. <laughs> unlike they unlike black the ones. They were black dot bees. <laughs> right. They weren't black dot bees, but they were like zoomed in. Yeah. Like, I don't even know. I don't even know what that was. It's like stock footage. But I at least could identify those as bees. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But I just thought that was funny because we were, t- you were like going on and on about how great the bees, the looked lost bees in were lost because yeah. they were real. And I'm like, yeah, I guess they looked okay. Like I don't know, I'm used to Buffy graphics, and here we have some <laughs> yeah. Buffy bees. Here's some Buffy bees, <laughs> and they are not looking good. No, <laughs> they are not the bees' knees. They are not the bees' knees. <laughs> Uh, so then vamp buffy goes after the ugly man and she's got a pretty good line here did you write this one down nope okay that's that's too bad but i did (laughs) she says there are a lot scarier things than you and i'm one of them oh yes and then she kind of pounces on him and bangs him up real good Right, she I, knocks I, him out. I, I sort of shortened it. I said, Buffy tough talks the big lucky 19 guy. And then she <laughs> fights him. She roars like a vamp lion. That's what I said. <laughs> She's like, Rrr. Nice. Because that's what vamps do when yeah. they fight. Yeah. No, they don't, though. 
Yeah, they do. They roar. Do they? Yeah, they like growl and roar mm. and stuff. Yeah. They're scary. Very scary. Very scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so then she knocks him out, but then she tells Billy that he has to do the rest. So yeah. he, he goes to kind of like pull on the ugly man's face. Like, See, I didn't like know what he's going to do here. I thought he's going to punt, like just start pump, punching him in his in his <laughs> unconscious, like dumb face. Like, yeah, pop, kick him pop, a little pop. bit. Yeah. I was like, what's he going to do to finish the deal here? But Well, she does say, you know, it's time to stop hiding. So I yeah. think it's sort of in. So he goes to like pull, like, um, like he's pulling off a mask. Peels his face off. Yeah. yeah. But it's not that gross. Like as it comes It sounds off, gross. It's like. <laughs> I don't even think I heard that. I don't know. <laughs> but it's like, it just like light kind of pours out of it. So it's not like right. he's peeling it back and there's like, right. you know. He's I revealing know. the truth. He's revealing the truth. Mm-hmm. Then they're in Billy's hospital room, but it's all back to normal. So that's where that's where they already were. But now yeah. like everything's back to normal. Billy is bed. laying on the bed and he wakes up. He's like, and I he had says, the strangest dream. And, and I was like, oh, this it? is, and yeah. <laughs> and I started saying it before he even started saying it. I was like, yeah. you were in it? And you were in it? And I was like, oh, they're actually going there. That's yeah. funny. <laughs> so that's Wizard of Oz, of course. Yeah. <laughs> then Billy's coach shows up. Buffy accuses him of putting Billy in the coma. Mm-hmm. And then Xander's second hero moment, which he is actually recognized for afterwards, he kind of holds back the coach yeah. as he sort of moves to beat up. I, I don't know who he's going to beat up. Buffy, Billy, like it's not really clear who he's trying to go after, but Xander uh, holds him back. And then Billy says, it wasn't my fault. There's eight other players on the team. You know that. And Buffy's kind of like, nice. <laughs> yeah. This was a very Scooby-Doo ending to the show. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was like Xander like, holds him by his collar like, all right, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for you meddling kids. <laughs> you pesky kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Back at Sunnydale High, uh, Hank Summers, Buffy's dad, shows up on time and calls her sweetheart to get Buffy. And then Willow asks Xander if he was still attracted to Buffy, even as a vampire. And he goes, Willow, how can you? I mean, that's really bent. She was grotesque. And Willow's like, you still dug her, huh? And Xander's like, I'm sick. I need help. Yeah. Willow says, don't I know it? They walk off. Yeah, that's a good good button for the episode. So there's one story I can tell that is related to, so this is, you know, Billy was on a baseball team and his coach was not nice to him, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So this is the story of how I quit baseball. Ooh. I, <laughs> I played baseball as a young... Young chap? A little young chap when I was living in Vermont, probably younger than Billy at this point. And we had one game. I really didn't know what I was doing. I mean, when you're eight years old and you're trying to play baseball, you have no idea what you're doing. Yeah. You know, you just kind of go... Like, like me ru- in soccer. Yeah, do I go up? Do I swing now? Do I run here? Do I catch the ball? Do I throw the ball? Like <laughs> well, that's just, pretty much what baseball knowing, is at eight years old. Okay, knowing how good you were at uh, at driving <laughs> your first time, <laughs> right. I imagine you're like, is it? How do I hold the bat? Right, and I'm also just not uh, sports inclined whatsoever. Okay, yeah. So whatever, we played this one game. I don't know how how many games at this point in the season that we had played, but after the the game had ended, we played some other team from a neighboring town, and they were much more superior than we were. And they, you know, is an embarrassment. Like we couldn't, we I don't think we scored once. They scored many times. Mm-hmm. Like the coach was not happy, and he's just some angry dad, right? Yeah. So the angry dad pulls us into a huddle after the game and he screams at us at eight years old and basically says 
You guys sucked out there. You sucked. You all sucked so bad. And you oh couldn't you couldn't hit the ball. You couldn't catch the ball. You all sucked. It was embarrassing. So I just walked back to, I think my dad was there. And I was like, I don't want to do baseball anymore. <laughs> and I quit baseball, <laughs> which is very similar to my trumpet story that I told yes. I think, last episode. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to do trumpet anymore. That's kind of it's kind of how my life has been. It's like <laughs> you yell at me and I just I sort of stumble away and I go, "Nah." Did you so was your dad there to like overhear the coach? I think he did overhear it, but not, like I don't think because he was still in the stand, so I don't think he like heard everything. I think he saw that he was upset, but mm-hmm. I don't think he like really you know, got the full gist of it. But I yeah. was just like, "Uh, this is like peewee baseball uh, uh excuse no me thanks. sir this is not like sir this Yankees. is your life okay <laughs> what were you expecting out of this all right this is little league <laughs> <laughs> i am not an athlete okay i'm gonna go home to my gi joes and have a much better time than whatever this is okay so i quit baseball <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> oh, okay so Earlier when we were talking, you asked me a question about whether or not the master would remember, you know, the the nightmare sequence with Buffy where he was seeing her in the graveyard and and like taunting her and, and he buried her alive. Right. I didn't want to get to that yet because I feel like that question isn't, we can't really answer it until we kind of get to the end. So when we see Buffy's dad picking her up from school, mm-hmm. he has no memory of the awful conversation that he had with her as part of her nightmare, you know, oh. where he was like, this was your fault and, you know, right. whatever. Okay, very true. Because, you know, so he's like, he's like very sweet and everything. So it's pretty clear that he has no memory of it. So, right. so it's like it didn't um, really happen. Dream sequence. Yeah. So for me, like, I, f- I feel like we're led to assume that no one but the people whose nightmares were actually being enacted will remember the actual nightmares. So okay. except except in the case where they cross over, like when, you know, like the Slayerettes being present for each other's nightmares. So like Giles and Willow also being chased with Xander by the clown. Right. You know, Buffy being a vampire and they're all like in the graveyard together, you know, that kind of thing. So um, the answer to my question would be, no, the master has no recollection of this because he wasn't really technically involved. This was more in Buffy's head. Exactly. Okay. Yep. Cool. So yeah, short answer, no. But I felt like I needed to give you the long answer because that's how I do. That's how you do. I would yeah. expect nothing less from you. Thank you for that. Cool. All right. So yeah, that's, fun episode. That's Weird nightmares. episode. Yeah. yeah. Pretty crazy. All right. Let's get into Lost. Yeah. So this is Lost Season 1, Episode 10. This one is titled Raised by Another. It originally aired on December 1st, 2004. This episode is directed by Marita Grabiak. The episode, it opens with an eye-opening. What? What What? what did I miss? We got to talk about my predictions. All right. All right. Uh, Yeah, all right. What's your your predictions? So I had initially predicted, um, like I started saying that I thought we were going to get Michael and Walt's backstory Yep. in this episode. But then I was like, well, actually, my Claire baby countdown said that she would have it in this episode. So then I was like, and I don't think she's going to have it before we get her backstory. So then I said, 
I think it's going to be Claire's backstory, which you're, I was right about. You're getting a little too right on these predictions. Well, I'm wait till suspicious. the end of this episode. Okay. <laughs> um. It, I only, I only changed, like I said, it was going to be Michael and Waltz, but I only changed it because of my baby countdown. Right. Which I was wrong about, but I was right about it being Claire's backstory. Yeah. Anyway, I also said that Saeed will make it back to the beach or the caves in the next episode or two, which I was right about. He'll tell Jack and Kate about Danielle and they'll debate whether or not to find her. She might, and I said she might have lost her marbles, but she's still the best resource they have on learning more about the island. So yep. this isn't the last time we're going to see her. So yeah, those were my predictions for, okay. for this episode or, you know, at least they, those are my predictions from last episode. Gotcha. So this episode opens with an eye opening, which is something that happens in many lost episodes so yes. far. Three. Uh, it It's actually Claire. She's waking up to a baby crying. I think she's in the caves. Yeah, she's in the caves. Yeah. And she looks down and she sees that her baby bump is not there. And yeah. she keeps hearing this baby crying. And the first thing I wrote down was nightmare crossover. Like lots of nightmare stuff happening in these two episodes. Mm-hmm. This whole cold open was a great surround sound moment because Only the baby- I had it. Yeah, if only he had it because the baby cries were surrounding me oh. and they were moving all around. So it was pretty spooky. Oh. Actually, yeah, there's many points where I got the chills in this episode and a lot had to do with the um, the sound design. It's tip top, this one. Oh. I so just she... want to say something really okay. quick. So I kind of knew immediately that she was having a nightmare because yeah, the cut... <laughs> Well, I mean, uh, other than the obvious fact that like her belly was flat, um, she didn't have the cut on her chin, but then she doesn't have it when she wakes up either. So I'm like, okay, I guess it has healed in like the three episodes that we haven't seen her or something. Yeah, we haven't seen her for a while, it seems. So I feel like she's been out of the limelight long enough that things healed up. Maybe she had her baby. Who knows? (laughs) so that's not gonna happen off screen (laughs) no that's a big moment yeah so she keeps chasing the cries deeper into the jungle and she finds a lock who's kind of sitting there playing playing uh, tarot cards or something yeah he's drawing tarot cards he says something like he was your responsibility but you gave him away claire and he has one dark and one light eye you notice that yeah, yeah, I wrote down he and he's pulling tarot. Actually, it was Dave that noticed that they were tarot cards because I yep. you can't you don't see the other side like you only see the back side of the cards, mm-hmm. so you can't really tell. But Dave was like, I don't know, just like the situation that he's in, and we we actually like um, went back a little bit just to see them again. And I was like, oh yeah, I guess the the design the back of the card looks like tarot's, and so I wrote down I was like, Locke is an is like the oracle, mm, like the Matrix oracle. Yeah. Yeah. He sees the eye of the island, whatever. He's, he's, yeah. So Claire sees like a kid or a bad robot or something (laughs) through the jungle. (laughs) She hears a baby crying again. She comes to a crib in the middle of the jungle. It has like a mobile and it's got like a plane on it, like the oceanic. A A mobile? A mobile? 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 (laughs) I'm just going to keep repeating it. Okay. (laughs) A mobile, right? The thing that spins around with all the toys on it that babies look at. A mobile. Oh, mobile. We'll let the we'll let the users we'll let the (laughs) listeners decide. Yeah. (laughs) In the crib, she starts trying to undo the cloth or whatever the blankets that are in the crib. Yeah. And then she just runs into like a pool of blood. A blood well. 
a blood well. There's yeah. so many crossovers in this episode. <laughs> there is. So obviously she screams and then and Charlie. And that is a scream, man. Oh, Woo! her screams in this? Oh, man. She, yeah, that is a scream. Yeah, talk about, I mean, I was already getting the chills from the sound design, but when the scream happens, yikes. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Yeah. So Charlie shows up and he tries to calm her down and she wakes up and she's got blood on her hands at this point because, yeah, so we, we find out later. Then we get the lost title. I wrote down, Jack probably breathes heavily in his sleep. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe after the lost title we see Jack, I think. Yeah. And I was like, oh, he probably breathes heavily in when he's sleeping. <laughs> Probably. So Jack and Claire talk about nightmares and sleepwalking, and we find out the blood was from how she dug her own nails like into her palms. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. Yikes. Yeah. Pretty intense. So we find out that Jack talks in his sleep. He doesn't talk about his breathing in his sleep, but he talks about how he he talks in his sleep. Mm -hmm. And then Jack starts questioning Claire about her baby and her OBGYN appointments before when she was in... Australia. Mm-hmm. Right, because he's uh, an OBGYN now. Right. Lots of questions because he's got to know. Yeah, Jack the doctor, Swiss mm-hmm. Army doctor. Then we get a flashback to Claire in her previous life where she is with her boyfriend, whose mm-hmm. name is Thomas, and they're waiting on a pregnancy test to come back. And of course it does. It's positive with two, he calls them red lines, but they're pink lines. It's positive, and they're both pretty emotionally distressed from this news. Thomas says, you know, he starts feeling kind of positive about it. Positive. And he says, we could do this. We find out he's a painter, and that Claire works at Fish and Fry for five bucks an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and I I know I've noticed this before, but for whatever reason, the lighting or maybe just her excitement in general or something, her eyes are so pretty. So blue. They're so blue. Yeah. There are a lot a lot of people on the show have really beautiful eyes. But yeah. she is she is definitely on the top of that. When they showed the apartment, I was like, I was like, oh, this apartment is 100% Claire. Like, I definitely imagined her to be some kind of an artist. But then it's her boyfriend that says, like, you know, I got my paintings. So I was like, oh, okay, I guess she's not the artist. (laughs) Yeah. But it just felt it felt true to her character. Right. So he's a painter. He wants to try to make it work. And he says he loves her. Then we cut back to Jack on the beach with two bags. He approaches Kate. She's uh, sinking her feet in the sand. Mm-hmm. and they talk about it, and it's cute. Saeed's been gone for almost a week. Jack's not worried, though, and he tells Kate Claire's going to have the baby soon. Yeah. So then we cut to Claire and Charlie, and they hang out in the jungle, and Claire writes in her diary, and Charlie brings her tea, and Charlie talks about his dream where he's uh, riding a bus, eating biscuits, and all his teeth fall out. Yes! Well, so first, before he talks about his dream, when he brings her the tea, he says... What separates us from these savage yanks if we can't drink tea? (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Which I love. And yeah, and then he's like, dear diary, still on the island. And he kind of is like like making fun of her a little bit. Um, Yep. But yeah, I know when when he said that, I was like, I was like, that means death, Charlie. (laughs) (laughs) Right, to you. Yeah. So Charlie empathizes with Claire and he tells her that he's there for her and he can be a friend. And uh, she did. <laughs> Charlie yeah, made re- me cor- made me cry twice in this episode. Oh, and this Charlie. was one time. Charlie making you cry. Oh. 
Yeah. Yeah. That whole moment. I was just like. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She doesn't fully embrace it, though. You know, Charlie. And Charlie leaves. He's just like, ah, it's cool. It's cool. And he walks away. I was so sad. I was like, why does everyone reject Charlie? Yeah. Charlie getting friend zone. He's so nice. Yeah. I mean, like, and I didn't even feel, I didn't even feel like he was trying to be like relationship pushy you know he what just I mean? wants to be like, with her yeah, yeah he just he's wants like to i just want to help her. you support yeah. like you know she should i don't know right I he wasn't like so going bad. in for a kiss or like getting no. handsy no but i mean what happens later in the episode obviously it ends up kind of making sense why she's a little bit right. hesitant and withdrawn about it but right yeah so uh, flashback to claire and her girlfriend rachel and who is a terrible actress Right, really? I could not stand this girl. She Wasn't had like four for lines or something, but I was like, come on. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did not like her. So they go to a psychic for fun. Psychic immediately, he knows about the baby. He starts getting emotionally distressed and he's like, ah, I can't. Yeah, and he I can't, gives her I can't money do this back. reading for you. Yeah, he can't do it. He, and he gives her money back and he refuses to finish the reading and he tells her to leave. So Claire sleeps at night and uh, this is a very scary moment like a psycho moment oh yeah where we get the slashing and quick cuts and then yeah we get like, like i i felt like this is a scene i probably should have gone back and watched again because i was like what just happened yeah it was <laughs> like, pretty you don't chaotic really see i definitely saw like a syringe and like someone running at i didn't even see the syringe i just heard like i did <laughs> i did see the syringe but that's that's like really the yeah. only thing i could make out i saw the hand go over her mouth yes Claire screams, help me! And then Charlie shows up and he's basically saying someone attacked her. Mm -hmm. She says, he was trying to hurt my baby and he's going to stab me with a needle. That's scary. I don't like that. Yeah, it's kind of freaky, huh? Didn't she say that she was stabbed with the needle? Yes, I think you're right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because then... Because that's when Jack is kind of like, you know, she like pulls up her shirt and he doesn't see anything. He doesn't see any needle marks. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, I don't know. Like he kind of makes a face. Jack and Hurley, they walk around with torches. They're basically looking to see if there's any evidence or people or anything. Now they're investigators. You know, Jack becomes, he puts on his investigator Detective Jack. Detective Jack is back. Inspector Jack. Inspector Jack. They start asking about, where's Scott and Steve? (laughs) Those two randos that we met a couple episodes back. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Is it Hurley who says, you know, who who are Scott and Steve? And I wrote down, yeah, who are Scott and Steve? Yeah, who is Scott and Steve? I'd like to know myself. (laughs) Hurley brings up the point that his name's not even Hurley. It's just a nickname. His name's Hugo Reyes. Mm -hmm. And he wants to start like a list of who lives where so they can find out who did this. He's like, it's just a nickname. I'm not going to tell you why. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's funny. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it has probably something to do with throwing up, but. Oh, maybe. Yeah, (laughs) even think about it. So Charlie comes to Claire's side and says he will protect her. He says, I won't leave you. I won't leave you, Claire. I promise. Yeah, so nice. Charlie's Really bending over backwards for Claire. He's so sweet. He's so sweet. He has such a big heart, and I love Charlie. <laughs> you love Charlie. <laughs> Flashback to Claire and Thomas. Claire's fixing up the house, and she's starting to nest a little bit. She's mm-hmm. pregnant. She's about three months pregnant at this point, I think. And Thomas is being distant. Yeah, I could tell as soon as he... I sniffed him out. As soon as he walked in, he just had this look like he's... He got this, yeah. He's a, he's a jerk now. 
Yeah, he's like, oh, I'm not into the baby anymore. Boring. Mm-hmm. He basically says, I can't do this. And he breaks up with her. Basically says he doesn't like all the responsibility and he's freaking out. And he's like, what about my painting? He tells her. a douche move. Yeah. She was supposed to be on the pill. Yeah. So he blames her for the pregnancy, basically. And then. So first of all, this scene kind of reminded me of the scene of Buffy and her dad. Just like how, how much of a jerk this guy is being and like really breaking Claire's heart. Yeah. And, I, and I'm like, what the fuck did he think was going to happen? <laughs> like when he right. agreed to, to, you know, bring this child into the world. And yeah, like you were supposed to be on the pill. Dude, you were, she was not the only one having sex. Anytime you have sex, you take on the risks. Right. And you both take on the risks. Right. Just like Billy wasn't the only one on the baseball team. Hey, Thomas takes two to tango, am I right? Yeah, Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you do a painting about that? Thomas, the... The... It's tank Tank painter. engine. Steam, steam truck. What is it? <laughs> Thomas, I don't think there's the... anything there. <laughs> oh, Thomas the... The train. Thomas what the train. He? The steam engine? Yeah, the... sure. He's an engine. He's yeah. a blue engine. Oh, he's well, he blue, really blew right. it. God, who listens to this podcast? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You really blew it, though. Yeah. Leave five stars, everyone. Please. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Please. We really need it. So we don't go to podcast jail. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we don't want to go to podcast jail. Um, Okay. So let me catch up here. Okay. So after that, he leaves and we're back with Hurley. He's taking names on the beach and he talks to Locke who gives... he, uh, Locke doesn't give answers. I mean, he never gives answers, but... Well, what does he say, though? <laughs> he's like, why were you on the plane? And he's like, I was looking for something. <laughs> well, he's like, no, did you find it? But also Locke... <laughs> Hurley's like, yeah, I'm just I'm just taking... I'm just, like, writing everything down so, like, we know who everybody is. And, and Locke is like, why, are, why is it you? Like, how do we know? You know, and he's like... He kind of, like, throws it back at him. Like, why are you the yeah. one doing it? I forget exactly what his line was. Yeah. But I don't know. That made me laugh. Because <laughs> then Hurley's like, uh... <laughs> Locke is like, I'm, I'm just kidding. You know? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, okay. He's messing with him a little. <laughs> yeah. But he says, I was looking for something. And he goes, okay, did you find it? And he's like, no, it found me. And then Hurley's just kind of like, okay. And he like runs away. <laughs> yeah. He's, he, he like he like steps up to the side of like another, I think, woman. And he's yeah. like, I know I already talked to you, but I just needed to get away for a second. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so good. But yeah, Locke is definitely, <laughs> I really, I, he's definitely grown on me. And I like him because I've, I've definitely met people who are like that, who have like this weird, like weird standoffish like yeah. dry sense out. of humor and you can't yeah. figure them out but you're like i like this guy yeah He's funny in a yeah, so subtle Tarek. way you know yeah <laughs> so jack and kate and charlie they walk and talk walk and talk on the beach and jack thinks claire's story could be a dream of some sort and yeah, like they have a lucid you know so of course jack is a an expert on pregnant women and lucid right. dreaming He's like, she's got pregnancy brain. She's all, you know, woo-woo. Woo-woo, <laughs> yeah. yeah, these aren't direct quotes, but you know what I mean. Yeah. And Charlie stands up for her and her story. He says, it's not all in her head, man. Hurley talks to Ethan Rom from mm-hmm. on- Ontario. Who I wrote down, Ethan Rom is creepy AF. That dude has a murderer inside of him just waiting to come out. <laughs> He's, he can't wait to murder. That was my initial 
reaction about yeah. Ethan Rom. He's got a great face. Great face. No, he's scary, and he looks like he's going to... He He's not okay. Great character. So uh, Hurley says, oh, Canada. Uh, I love Canada. Great. Uh, <laughs> he couldn't think I of I love anything. Ontario. Yeah, he's oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's great. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ethan asks what, what this is for, and Hurley's like, ah, nothing. Yeah. So Jack and Claire talk in the dark. He's trying to tell her that she's having hallucinations. He tells her to, you know, just calm down. Girls love hearing this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's our you just gotta chill out, you know. Here, so take he tries, this pill. <laughs> yeah, he tries giving her a, like a sedative. Yeah, and she doesn't really like that. She gets upset. No. She decides she's leaving. She's so like, "That's it." I turn to Dave and I like pause it because at this point I'm like, "Okay, Jack, like, yeah, you you just can't know everything." And I so I was like kind of complaining about this to Dave, and he was like, "I was like, how can he know so much about pregnancy, and how could he possibly know that those drugs aren't going to hurt the baby?" And I was like, "You know, He's a doctor. My, my brother's a pharmacist, and like he can't know like all the drugs and all the interactions and like all the th- like it's you know he's not going to keep that all inside his head. I guess some can, probably my brother can because he's crazy smart, but then." Dave was Dave was actually talking about uh, one of his friends who just became an RN. And even as an RN, he spent three months learning about like OBGYN. So yeah. I was like, okay, I guess it checks out. And he was like, I mean, he was just becoming a, no, I, I know that. But I was like, I guess like I, I guess I thought that you specialize maybe a lot earlier on than this obviously shows you how much i fucking know about medical school right (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) i think they have to learn like so much about like so many different things specialize and that's kind of what dave was saying so then i was like all right i guess i guess that checks out i was like but i still don't think he should he should know how long it takes for clothes to degrade right that's where the forensic stuff is like yeah. yeah well the clothes fell apart right yeah they were rotting and so did jack's argument yeah yeah, he tells her about the hallucinations, gives her a sedative. She gets upset. Claire storms off, and Charlie comes in, and he's like, what did you say to her? Flashback, Claire goes back to the psychic. This time, he counts the money. She asks about like what he saw, and he says something like, I saw something, sort of a blurry thing. And, and he she's starts, like, oh, so blurry isn't good. <laughs> yeah. She, he's like, no, blurry is not good. <laughs> yeah. So he starts doing his reading and he starts to wince and he breathes all funny-like. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I can tell you this is important. It is crucial that you yourself raise this child. The father will play no part. Danger surrounds this child. You must raise this child. Your goodness. There is no happy life, not for this child, not without you. And he gets very adamant. Yeah. And he says- Miss Littleton, which is the first time we hear her last name, I think. Miss Littleton, please, this baby needs your protection. And then she storms out saying she wants to put the baby up for adoption. Yeah, I was like, is she giving birth to the Antichrist? Like, what is happening? Don't know. (laughs) Is this Rosemary's baby situation? Maybe. So the phone rings at night and Claire picks it up and it's a psychic again. And he urges her more not to give up the baby. And she does not listen, says she's going to the adoption agency the next morning. Yeah. She's like, you got to stop calling me at night. And he's like, okay. 
Okay. No, I didn't say anything. <laughs> then he All right, hangs fine, it. I won't. <laughs> yeah. Claire walks alone and Charlie chases her down. She's walking through the jungle. She's going to the beach now. Mm-hmm. And she tells him that she's not crazy. Then we cut to Hurley talking to Shannon. And, she, you know, he's still doing his list of people. And she says that she's age 20. Her location is Craphole Island. <laughs> <laughs> And then Boone shows up and he talks to Hurley how Hurley is setting up his own little Patriot Act. I actually just want to say something that I think should be said. Maybe okay. not. <laughs> I don't know why I'm so dramatic about this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I just, I felt I was trying to figure out where we were in, in the show and, and why I, this why, always happens. Why I wrote this Every down. lost episode. Sorry. <laughs> You're always trying to I'm figure out where lost. we are. I move at a blistering pace. You can't keep up. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, if I have this crazy interaction with a psychic, first of all, I ask a lot of questions. So mm-hmm. I probably would have asked a lot of you questions. Sure but, but he shooed her out. So I'm like, okay. But then when she goes back and he like looks at it again or whatever that's a that's the moment where i would have been like okay then you need to fucking tell me what you saw right and she just kind of like leaves i just yeah. this is the thing that really frustrates me about why no one is asking questions in this show sometimes people can't see past the answer that they don't want to hear right she wanted to hear one answer and i think he's giving her the opposite thing and he's very adamant about it yeah and she that's wanted to not hear, what like, she was oh, looking he'll for come back to you and he'll right. take care of the baby she wanted something comforting after. yeah and the comforting thing was not there he was basically like you have to raise this this baby on your own and it's very important or else bad things are going to happen yeah and that is not the road she wants to go down so i think she's rejecting it like yeah. pretty harshly because yeah. that's not what she wants to hear. She she was going for something else, more comforting answers, something. She was getting the complete opposite. Right. That's got to be he- hard to hear is like your life that's isn't going to be easy. You're going to have to raise this child on your own or else. Yeah. And then you're like, who are you? You don't know anything. You're just some guy who wants my money and you're going to count it. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, what kind of psychic needs to count his money? Right. That's what Shouldn't you said. already know? Yeah. <laughs> that's what she said. She said something like, don't you already know what it is? Yeah. Don't you he's already like, know that's how much how it, it is? Works. Right. <laughs> She's like, how does it work? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, Just well, has whatever. A gift. Shannon says she doesn't want to go to the rape caves. <laughs> and they tell uh Yeah, because Hurley. Hurley tells them what happened. Because he says, like, well, I'm doing yeah. this so we have some kind of registry because the, some stuff happened to, to Claire. And so right. she's like, I want to go to the Claire. rape caves. She's pretty freaked out. They tell Hurley that Sawyer actually has a flight manifest with all the names yeah. written on it. So Hurley goes to Sawyer and he asks him straight up. And he's like, can I just have it? <laughs> and he's like, because honestly, you, you got to, what's he say? He says you need, something like. You could use the points. Yeah, you could use the points. And then he's like. <laughs> Which All I was right, like, stay nice puffed. job. <laughs> yeah. He calls him Stay Puffed. Yeah. The Marshmallow Man. Yeah. Also, his glasses, Sawyer's glasses were hilarious. They look like little kid glasses that have like little avocados on them. I didn't even notice I that. don't know what was actually on them, but it just looked like little tiny dancing avocados on his glasses. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't even notice <laughs> They're that. They're definitely like women's or like kids glasses or something. Sunglasses. Some sort of festive sunglasses. Yeah. They were really funny on him. So Claire and Charlie walk and she starts having contractions. Mm-hmm. And then I wrote in all caps, great timing. Way to go, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good planning. Charlie says that they need to start counting and between the contractions. And he says, yeah. one sugar plum fairy, two sugar plum fairy. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. I love it when Charlie gets flustered because the, the strangest things come out I of know. his mouth. 
I was like, what? I'm like, that is, forget one Mississippi, two Mississippi. I'm going to say one sugar plum fairy, sugar two plum sugar fairy. plum fairy from now on. Yeah. I know that is oh, that is him. much more superior. So yeah, Charlie and Claire, they're in the jungle. And then Charlie Leaky Buckets, you know, in all of his frazzle dazzle that's happening, he Leaky Buckets about being a drug addict. And she's like, what? Yeah, he's and like, she... I, I can help you. I used to be a drug addict. I'm not a drug addict anymore. I got through it. I got through that. I can get through this. And then she's just like, go get Jack. And I'm like, yeah, that's the thing you want to hear from the guy who might have to deliver your baby. Right. I used yeah. to be a drug addict. Yeah. It's like, not now, Charlie. No, There's a better Charlie, time for that. Pull it together. So then we cut to a flashback of Claire at the adoption agency, and there's a couple there who uh, presumably are adopting her unborn baby at this point. Mm -hmm. She asks the couple about the song Catch a Falling Star, and and she basically says, like, her dad used to sing it to her, and she asks for the mom to sing it to the baby, and the mom's like... Yeah, ba- she's like yes, yes, saying everything. Anything. She's like, I'll do anything. I just want this baby. Like, just sign the papers. Do you know so, that song? I don't know that song. You've seen Love Actually, right? We actually just bought that on Blu-ray because it's not streaming anywhere. So oh. we bought it on Amazon. We're waiting for the copy to come. Oh, because yeah, you. But watch I have that seen it. Christmas. I have seen it. I haven't seen so it recently though. That song is in Love Actually. It's in the the scene at the end where like kind of most of the characters end up gathering at like a nativity play. Mm-hmm. And the kids sing this song. It's it goes Catch a falling star and put it in your pocket. Oh, I have never heard this song. Let it fade away. I have never heard of it outside Love Actually. Oh. So that and I was like I'm pretty sure that's that song so I looked it up and and that was the that's the scene. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hey, so that nice might be where a little holiday holiday tie-in here. I know. That might be yeah. where you know it from too. So yeah, she basically confirms that and then she goes to sign the papers and the pens just aren't working to yeah, sign the papers. Yeah, she tries like three different pens. Yeah. None of them are working. And then by that's the third magic. or fourth pen, she decides to not sign the papers and yeah. she's walks out pretty abruptly and then she goes to the psychic when the universe sends you a sign pat you find more pens and keep read it trying to you look at it oh yeah you do look at it yeah charlie runs through the jungle and he finds ethan sort of halfway through yeah that's great ethan's toiling about doing something creepo sociopath (laughs) inside of him that's the guy that you want that's the guy you want on your side to trust now remember you said this about Locke. now he's starting to grow on you i yeah, but I don't feel the same way about Ethan. <laughs> okay. All right, fine. So he finds Ethan. He tells Ethan to find Jack because Claire's having a baby, and then he runs back to Claire. And Ethan's like, who the fuck is Jack? I Ethan's don't know like, Jack. okay. <laughs> Flashback. The psychic tells Claire to go to Los Angeles and give the baby to a couple there. He says, $6,000 you'll get now, and then you'll get $6,000 when she arrives in Los Angeles. So he wants to pay her to go on this plane ride. But she was going to get more than that. She was going to get twenty k with the couple. And an apartment. Right. That's pretty... That's pretty Sweet deal. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because like when they said twenty thousand, Dave was like, "Damn!" But I was like, yeah. "Yeah, but that's not really that much money <laughs> like, to give up a child. To give up that a you child. To, yeah, you have to like grow in your body for nine months and yeah. then birth. It's still yeah. like not. I mean, it's not an it's not an insignificant amount of money, but it's like you you can't really live off of twenty thousand dollars for very no. long, and no. that's not going to replace 
a child that you have growing in you but i am all like i don't want to shame anyone like i am all for like some i think it's really great if you don't feel like you can handle having a baby and like that's how you know that you know is like the best thing to do for the baby is that like it it doesn't have to be about the money or whatever it should be about obviously what's best for you and the child but but i'm just saying like twenty thousand dollars it sounds like a lot but it's not really that much for the huge decision that you're making, whichever way you decide. Yeah. And then, yeah. So like, so I don't really think it's like about the money necessarily for her. Right. And all money decisions are relative, no matter who you are or what it pertains to. Yeah. Like money, different money amounts are going to, you know, mean they're going to mean things, different things for, for sure. different people yeah. in different situations for sure. Yeah. Back in the jungle, Claire, Charlie, they chat about maybe the psychic might have known about the plane crash. Well, yeah, or because something. he's he tells he gives her the, so he gives her the plane ticket and he says and she's like I can't just go tomorrow and he's like he's like you he's have like, to like you have to it has to be this flight right so yeah. he knew something about right. the flight and this is where the episode gets very intercutty because it's cutting between the flashback with the psychic and the flashback in the jungle, or not the flashback, but cutting back to the jungle mm-hmm. with Charlie and Claire. And this is when Claire's having the epiphany that he knew, he knew. Yeah, he so, knew. And she's like, motherfucker was never going to give me the other $6,000. <laughs> right, he's really cheaping out here. <laughs> <laughs> so Saeed is hobbling through the jungle. Yeah. He's, he's you know, hobbling with a stick or something, just kind of trying to make his way. As they cut back to Claire, the contractions seem to have stopped. And uh, Jack, oh, she says, Jack says stress can cause, a f- oh no, this is what Charlie says. Charlie says, Jack says stress can cause a false labor. Does, wait, who says that? Is yeah, it Claire? Ch- no, Charlie says. Charlie says Charlie that. tells Claire that Jack said that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just like, <laughs> just your Charlie says, Jack said, Jack says, Charlie says, Jack says. <laughs> I couldn't figure it out. I didn't, I didn't write down who said it. Sometimes Charlie, I just write things Charlie down. I'm like, I'll remember Claire. this. And there's no way I will. No. <laughs> so Charlie and Claire, uh, they have a moment and they decide to just walk back to the caves. She seems to be in better spirits. Yeah. Saeed collapses at the caves and he tells everybody at the caves, he says, I found her, the French woman. I had to come back. We're not alone. Yeah. And we see Jack there. Is Kate there too? I can't remember if Kate is there, but I know. He's, I don't think he's, Kate's there. He's definitely talking to um to Jack. Yes. And then Locke is in the background. And of course, Locke, didn't know about the mm. French transmission and he's uh-huh. like looking on and I was like, Well Well cats go- out of the bag now. There goes Locke's trust in them. Right. So that's Here not goes. good because I feel like Locke is not a guy you don't, you know, you want to be pissed at you or not trusting you because he's the one fucking bringing home all the bacon, literally. Right. The boar. Yeah. Yeah, he's not gonna give you your cut a cut of swine. Yeah, you're not if gonna you're get not that, telling the, that meat the slab. Truth. That meat slam. So, so, yeah. So that happens with Saeed. And then Charlie and Claire, they have another moment where they feel the baby kick. And that's nice. Yeah, that is nice. And then Hurley comes rushing in and tells Jack and the cave group about what he found with the flight manifest. And he found out that there's one person in the group that wasn't on the plane. Mm -hmm. And then we cut to Claire and Charlie and they see Ethan. Yeah, Ooh. so I wrote down, well, as soon as Hurley said that, I was like, it's Ethan. 
<laughs> I know it. That bastard is shady. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, we cut to see Ethan. Yep. And then Claire and Charlie, they're like, where's Jack? And then he just says, hello there. <gasps> and then cut. He just, just kind of like pops out of the woods. Hello. Hello there. Hello, Clarice. <laughs> yeah. Can you do that noise? <laughs> I can't, but Dave can do it really well. The fava beans one. The <laughs> yeah, the fava beans. Yeah, I can't do it. We're both pathetic. Can't do the fava beans <laughs> no. noise. So yeah, then we get the classic lost title. So Claire did not have her baby. I was so I was right about it being her backstory, but she didn't have her baby. So right. my Claire baby timer is up and I was wrong. So close though. So close. Contractions yeah. and everything. I was like, oh, she's gonna nail it. I know. I was like, come on, bitch. <laughs> No, I, I wasn't yelling at Claire. I would never no, do that. You love Claire. I would never you call her. her that. I love Claire. I love Charlie. They're my favorite pairing. Although I, lo- I really, I love Charlie with almost anyone. But Charlie and Jack, Charlie and Locke are a lot of fun. But Charlie and great. are just adorable. Hurley is great. There's a lot of great characters. Yeah. You want to hear some fun trivia from this episode? I do. And then I got a fun thing to tell you about what Buffy or Lost? About Lost. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is a fun thing. Maybe it's the same fun thing. So the director, Marita Grabiak. Mm-hmm. So first, some dirt. Some drama. <gasps> drama. She insisted when she was directing this episode on Claire's dream sequence being filmed in black and white. Oh. The cold open. Yeah. And she was reportedly very angry when she was turned down. You know, the showrunners were like, no, that's not. That's not happening. Like, we're yeah. gonna, it's going to be in color, not black and white. And I guess she was really, really mad, and they never asked her to direct again on Lost, which most of these directors, they come back and they direct many episodes, but she was never asked to direct again. This is the uh, this is the one that's going to blow your mind. Okay, wait. So you're so we're moving on from that director piece? No, no, no. We're still talking about the oh, director. Okay. okay. So the director yeah. has also directed- Of Buffy? Buffy the Vampire Slayer, what? two episodes, and then five episodes of Angel. No. Yep. Get out. Did you look? You didn't look up the episodes, did you? I do know the episodes. Oh, my God. Know? Yeah, tell me. All right. I hope it doesn't spoil anything for you, though. I mean, it spoils the year and the titles, but, uh, you know, that doesn't really do anything yeah. for me. Two episodes of Buffy. The first one is called Storyteller in 2003. Oh, season. That's the last Six, season. probably. Six oh, or seven, it? yeah. Yeah. And then End of Days. I think that's I think that's season seven. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So she's a huge TV director. She directs all sorts of TV stuff. Wow. So that's interesting because I wondered like when when I was seeing the different directors for Buffy, and obviously mm-hmm. like I, I can I understand a little bit more like the first season sort of changing around directors a little bit. You know, yeah. as you're as you're getting your footing as a show and trying to figure out, you know, your 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 you know a team or whatever, right? Um, but I I guess is that pretty normal to have like a lot of directors kind of running through? You don't end up, oh I yeah. Mean, you know, the showrunner thing wasn't really a thing I think until X Files, right? Um, oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, Maybe. I think. Well, I I remember reading a lot about um, how the a showrunner was like a pretty novel concept when mm-hmm. Joss Whedon was doing it with Buffy. Yeah, I think for TV, for directing for TV, I think because there's so much output, there's so much work to be done, they will have a number of directors for episodes. 
And because the scripts are already set by the studios and the writers and everything, they know where they're going with the show so they can cycle in guest directors, you know? Yeah. Like sometimes they'll have like a big director come in or like even an actor of the show. Yeah. Yeah. You see that a lot. Direct. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. That's crazy. But I can understand her. I, yeah, I feel like it would have been really weird to put that in black and white. So it would have been too on the nose because I think the, the, the fun. Yeah, with the showrunners uh, on this. The fun part of Lost is like you never know like what is truly happening and what's just mysterious happenings. Yeah. So if you were to put it black and white, that would separate it from the rest of yeah, the Yeah, you mis- would know immediately. Mystery. Yeah, you'd just be like, oh, this is just a dream. Although we pretty much know it's a dream. Yeah. But at least it still feels like within the Lost realm. Like it's not breaking character of it's the a, show. It's a very uh, Memento yeah. type of move. When did Memento come out? I wonder if that was influencing her at all. Thousand. Okay. I wonder if she was like, "This is just my favorite movie, and we got to do the same <laughs> same thing." Yeah, maybe. <laughs> She's just a huge Memento fan. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to do your piece of trivia, or I have one more? Uh, mine isn't really trivia, so yeah, you go. Okay. So the person who plays Thomas, Claire's boyfriend, mm-hmm. do you recognize him from anything? I was trying to figure out where he was from. He definitely looked familiar to me. So he also plays a painter in 2005's Wedding Crashers. He's the brother, the oh creepy my brother. God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I mean his hair is like dark like black in that movie. Yeah. It's like Oh my god. I was like yeah, cuz his face was definitely familiar, but yeah. I'm always his too name... afraid to look that stuff up because I don't want to accidentally ruin something for myself. Right. His name's Care O'Donnell is okay. the actor's name. Yeah. Yeah. Because like if Crashers. I if I look him up in Lost, it will tell me how many episodes he's in. And I like I just didn't want that. I don't want to know that stuff. Yeah. Oh, my Todd. God. Todd. Yeah. Todd, the brother. Oh, my God. I'll be in my room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can play yeah. tummy sticks. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great movie. So That's funny. Such a good movie. I love it. So good. <laughs> Yep. So that's all my trivia for this episode. That's so funny. Yeah. (laughs) I like how you said he's another painter. He's another painter. (laughs) Todd. Todd Todd the painter. Todd and Thomas. Todd and Thomas. He's like, can I not be a T character who paints, please? (laughs) Come on. I'm getting typecasted here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. That's so good. Yeah. Um, So my thing isn't really trivia. It just wasn't about this episode. So I wanted you to finish up stuff about this episode okay the title of the next episode popped up i usually we usually will just turn off the show immediately but you know how like once the credits as soon as the credits start like the next episode title will pop up and you don't see anything you just see the title um to like get you to go to you know to play it so when the title popped up it was cut off but it read all the best cowboys have da dot 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 and I was like, daddy issues. And Dave's like, there's no way that that it can't be that. <laughs> he was like, there's no way it's that. And I was like, go ahead and click on it. But I like closed my eyes and because I was like, I don't want to see the picture or anything, you know, that yeah. pops up with it. And he clicked on it and he was like, it's fucking daddy issues. <laughs> like, is it really? Is, yeah. <laughs> he was like, how is that a thing? Is that like a common phrase? And I'm like, I don't know. I have never All heard that All the best cowboys have daddy issues. I'm just like, that's that's just what came to my 
came to yeah. my head for whatever reason. Probably just because hmm. we were watching Buffy where she had right. some serious daddy issues. She sure did. So. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, cool. What what was your favorite moment of Buffy? Favorite moment of Buffy has to be when Willow tries singing. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> you did? Yep. Yeah, yeah, I knew that. I, I gotta put... stop giving it to Willow moments because then you call them out. You always know it's gonna well, be that's okay. a Willow moment. That's okay if you love Willow. She's adorable. She's super she's hilarious. Um, yeah, yeah. So mine that was actually on a fun note. That was my favorite. Like fun moment was Willow. Wait, you're gonna pick two fun stage. moments, two favorite moments. Well, you get to classify them. Uh, I don't know. They're, we've we've all picked, like my we've favorite dramatic more. moment is this. <laughs> my favorite fun moment is this. <laughs> Shut up. My favorite moment when somebody's wearing a red T-shirt is this. Okay, go ahead. Are you done being a jerk to me? Mm-hmm. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> That's the moment that made me laugh. Well, and yeah, and Giles', Giles moment is pretty thing, funny too. But. Yeah. On a more serious note, I think the best moment of the episode is the scene of Buffy and her dad. Yeah. When her dad is like, you know, telling her that she's the reason that he and her mom got divorced and that he gets nothing out of their visits. Because that yeah, really that's the show's That's the show's Oscar moment so far. Yeah. So that was, it was not like, I don't want to call it favorite because it wasn't fun to watch, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Favorite moment for Lost? Uh, I bet you can guess mine. It's when Charlie and Claire do something when he tells her <laughs> that he that can be her friend. Be her. Yeah, <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I love it so much. But I bet yours was them running in the jungle or it's somebody running in the jungle because that's always your favorite moment. <laughs> what do you mean? Is it? You're always like, I love the scene where, where Jack is running with a torch in the jungle or whatever. He was walking through the caves and in, in with the torch. Okay. That was cool. Well, no, they, you liked the moment where he was frantically running and then he finds the caves. Oh. Oh, yeah. But then there was, was like another awesome episode moment. where you were like, somebody else was running in the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to break character for this one, okay. okay? My favorite moment of this episode is the cold open. It is chilling and frantic and crazy mm-hmm. and something about baby crying Maybe because I'm a dad of two. Yeah. But it and, it, it and just... as soon as you hear a baby cry, you're like, ah! Yeah, I'm like, oh, what's going on? What's happening? <laughs> yeah, the hair stands up on the back of my neck. I'm like, something's happening. Yeah. So, yeah, that whole opening and then lock there with the weird eyes and just, it was just cool. It was neat. It was a great opening. Yeah. Very mysterious. Very like mysterious. Stuff. It was very, yeah. this episode was very like woo-woo stuff yeah. going on. Yeah. We got a psychic. We got Locke being some kind of oracle creature yeah. situation, reading tarot cards with one one light eye and one dark eye. Yep. What show wins for you? This was a hard one for me because Buffy was I feel like, like there's been a lot of hard ones for us I know. to decide. They're pretty evenly matched. This is a good matchup. Yeah. These I, two shows. I, did not think that that was going to be the case. <laughs> Me neither. <at> <laughs> um, but because Buffy was like pretty dark, like digging into nightmares and making them real. And 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 we kind of have some interesting like character development or like revelations about the characters through the things that they fear, um, which I thought was very interesting. But then in Lost, 
I was just all the emotions because I loved learning about Claire's backstory. I hated her boyfriend. I was intrigued by the psychic, cried about Charlie being super adorable and sweet to her, was scared for her when we got attacked, worried she was going to have the baby. It was like a real roller coaster. Yeah, of a emotions. lot of emotions. So, yeah. and yeah, I don't know. I don't know. How do you feel about them? I'm going lost on this one okay. because this Buffy episode. There are parts of it that I like, but mostly I feel like it's a it's a hodgepodge stew. This one, yeah, you know that we've got the the big weirdo with the club arm, and then the we got the little, man. yeah, we got the Billy kid who's just like hanging around, and like then we got the <laughs> spiders thing, and then we have all the comedic moments, which is great. We have to have those. That's the strongest parts of this episode. Yeah. But like last episode with the dummy, that one was so far out in left field mm-hmm. that I actually came around and really loved it because it was just so weird, but they stuck with it. Yeah. It like, but this one, like Buffy's vamp face and then them going through the portal, it's just like, it just seems so disjointed. They're just like, which I guess makes sense because it's a dream or whatever. Yeah. But, it's Cause it's supposed to be, yeah, it does make sense. I never thought about it that way, but like, yeah, it's, you know, I mean, you know, when you're having dreams, like they don't all connect they're kind of all right. whatever floating. Sometimes you go back to the other first dream that you had, like, yeah, you know, which I have a, place. I have a love hate relationship with dream sequences and movies mm-hmm. because I was a film student and in film school, all of the film students all of their films, myself included, I am guilty of this as a film student, we all made films that had dream sequences because the rules are, there are no rules. You can do whatever you want. You can cut from this scene to this scene and you can make it look however you want. You can do black and white if it's a dream sequence. You can do crazy characters making silly decisions for no reason at all and cutting it any which way that you want because it's a dream sequence. You can do whatever you want. And to me, it always just seems kind of hodgepodge and a little lazy. So I think that's where I was coming from. I see. I mean, I'll go lost. (laughs) I'm not trying to convince you. No, I mean, I, like I said, I, I'm, I was sort of on the fence. Um, but I think I, I had more emotions I felt more emotionally connected to Lost yeah. than I did Buffy. For me, the biggest emotional components, other than like the laughing, like the parts that I was kind of like, oh, this is fun and silly. The parts that made me the most emotional was the part with Buffy and her dad and the part where Giles is sort of like living his nightmare of Buffy being dead and, and him feel, failing her. It's a yeah. dad thing because he's, he's clearly a little bit of a father figure for her too. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, I'm a sucker for dad moments, I guess. Yeah, but this last episode has a lot of Claire, and you love Claire. I love Claire, and I love Charlie, so A lot that, of Cla- Claire and Charlie. Yeah. Yeah. What do we call them? Chair. <laughs> <laughs> Chair. Clawly. Clawly. <laughs> oh, boy. Um. Yeah, so let's go lost. Not cool. that we're, like, I'm not keeping... Should I be keeping score? I'm not keeping no, score. No, you shouldn't. <laughs> I just, I just figure shouldn't. it's kind of a fun thing to do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, someday we could probably look back and see. Yeah. You know what the tally is. Well, then I should probably start keeping track because. It's probably 50-50 at this point, though. Yeah, I feel like it might be. Maybe I, not. I mean, Bu- I was surprised. Buffy might have a small edge. I think it might, which I'm kind of surprised about. But I like that you are into it. and Because and, I really thought I was like, great. You know, I know like you're very very technical so i was just like every episode pat's just gonna vote for lost because 
technically it's better and it looks better and whatever. No, but. I can look past the technicals because it's always time and place, right? Like yeah. if it's 1997, I'm not going to hold it to the same technical standards as a 2004 show. Yeah, I that's just won't. True. And you do that yeah. with, with Movie Club, so. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I'll never hold it against something just because it wasn't there technically. Okay, good. Yeah. That's good. Um, so what do you think is going to happen next on Buffy? I'm looking down at my notes. Prediction. Yeah. Naked Xander. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So Naked Xander yep. is... We got we to gotta see some more Xander skin. After this one, after this episode, the fans are going to be clamoring. They're mm-hmm. like, come on, let's see more Naked Xander. Okay. Okay. So we're going to see more Naked Xander. Yep. Buffy will don a vamp face again. This isn't the last time we'll see vamp face Buffy. Perhaps maybe she'll run into Angel again and they'll do something to make a vamp face Buffy again. Like, do you think it's going to be, I mean, you don't have to answer this question, but I'm just okay. asking, do you think it's going to be like real or it's going to be like a another sort of dream type of thing? I think it's going to be another either dream type of thing or it's like one of those reverse the curse episodes where mm. at the end everything goes back to normal. Okay. Because that is what happens in this episode. She went vamp and then she gets brought back to normal because it was all a dream. Yeah. Okay. And that's it for predictions because I'll keep, you know me, I'll carry on. I'll just give you a whole litany Yeah. ridiculous predictions. I mean, we didn't have any new characters in this. I mean, I, I guess we had Billy. We have Billy and we have the club club guy. Club guy, but club guy's gone. And they they said that he's he was put in jail. What's your predictions for Lost? This one's going to blow your mind. You'll never see this coming. Okay. Claire have her baby. Locke is going to be <laughs> pissed that Saeed, Kate, and Jack were hiding the transmission. Oh, okay. Um, As for backstory, I doubt we will get Ethan, Ethan's, if that's even his real name. But what I am wondering is if this Ethan guy, Rom? yeah, Ethan Rom, because <laughs> again, my theory for a while was like whoever it ended on, right? But that yeah. didn't. That only held up a couple times before yeah. it fell apart, and he's the last person that we see. But I'm kind of wondering if he's somehow tied to the psychic, like the psychic knew that he, like that's who he was seeing. Mm-hmm. Like he was sent to kill Claire's baby because she was going to give birth to the Antichrist, like in Rosemary's Baby. Hmm. Based on the name of the episode, which I know I shouldn't know, it popped up. So Hulu's a leaky bucket. Yeah. So based on the fact that it's called All the Best Cowboys Have Daddy Issues. Yeah. I am thinking it's going to be more Sawyer because okay. uh, he's from the South. Like, didn't isn't he from Texas or something? Something. He's got the most cowboyish accent yeah but we kind of just got his so i don't know or jack but they did that with jack remember yeah they went back and sawyer's kind of a main character too so it could yeah be or jack because he has daddy issues i guess jack they does have it they both kind of have daddy issues very cool all right what else have you been watching reading listening to first of all i just want to say how how proud of you i am for being on top of all of this you must have written down our Thank episode you. flow finally <laughs> Actually, 10. I just remembered that one. Wow, I was like, good for you. Yeah. Well, we watched the uh, we watched Twelve Angry Men, which for whatever reason I kept wanting to call Twelfth Night. <laughs> it's not Twelfth Night. Twelfth <laughs> Night. Yeah, the Shakespeare play. Oh. Uh, we watched that this week for Movie Club, which was good. 
And I it was, was good. I, I was supposed it. to be. Nobody responded to that. Nobody's like really having a discussion anymore in movie club. We just send in our reviews and then <laughs> we move just on. send our reviews and move I, on. Yeah. I hate it. <laughs> We're not engaging discussion. No. I'm like, I already do this part time with Sammy for about three hours a week. So Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess that's right. Um, yeah, I was supposed to be juror number eight in a play version of it in high school, but people stopped showing up and so we didn't have twelve. <laughs> it's people. So funny. What? I can just imagine you like wanting to do. Wouldn't the, I be uh, great? Wouldn't I be fucking great? As juror number eight. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, sorry, uh, I gotta, this? we gotta, I gotta stab the table again. I'm just not sure I'm getting it right. <laughs> can she we just, just go wants this to keep again? doing her lines and stab the table. I can't do this every day after school. <laughs> Maybe that's what it was. Juror We're number just not eight show up is, anymore. is the. She's, she's a little much. She's a little much as juror number eight. <laughs> Uh, no, I think people were just jerks. But it sucked because that was my senior year of high school and I wasn't going to get to do another play. So oh, that's not, a bummer. I'm not bitter about it at all, Pat. That's honestly, I'm, I haven't, I've just been so busy this week that I haven't really been reading, watching. I almost wanted to start a book so today just so I could say that I started reading something. But yeah. I was like, I don't have the time for that. Even yeah. to keep up appearances. You don't have to keep up appearances with our listeners. <laughs> they <know>. get us. <laughs> uh, we're st- I mean, we're still watching, you know, New Girl is kind of the, yeah. the main, the other main show that, that we're watching. We finished uh, Queen Gambit, Queen's oh, Gambit. Yeah, the Queen's Gambit. Fantastic. Yeah. You have to see it. Okay. It's so good. Okay. So good. You would love it. You would love it. Okay. Would I love it? You would love it. <laughs> I'm telling you. You'd love it. Love it. So yeah, we finished that and we are reading, um, my son and I started reading the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the second book. Oh. The Charlie and the Glass Elevator. That reminds me, but I'll come back. Yep. And I'll tell you what, that book sucks, man. Really? <laughs> oh, it Not is as good so as the bad. First one? Oh, you love Charlie. You love Chocolate Factory. Charlie. You love Willy Wonka, right? Classic roll rolled doll. Mm-hmm. Okay. This second one, I don't know what he was thinking. I think he was just thinking like, I don't know, I'll just think whatever comes off the top of my mind. I'll just put it in a little tiny book and I'll sell it and people will buy it. It is really bad. Oh, yeah. I don't think yeah. I ever read the second one. We're about halfway through and it is bonkers. It's off the walls. It's all Was he so just far, doing a lot of drugs then? He must have. Oh, I hope he gets so better. So I'll keep you updated on that. Yeah, let yeah. me know. Get back yeah. to me because I, I have no intention of reading that. Anything else you're reading, watching, or listening to? No, I'm sure there is, but I mean, that's the only things to write home about. Yeah. A boot. A boot. That, so it just reminded me when you were talking about that, um, that the, uh, his dark materials, the second season is on, which was, yeah. have you, did you read any of the books or see the first season or know anything about no, it? No, I saw the trailer for the first season. I was like, this looks cool. I might be into this, but I haven't heard anything about it other than you you said it was good yeah i i could see amy being into it um i bet she would it's it's i mean it's not really like harry potter but i feel like it's one of those things that if you like harry potter you know you you like like, fantastical worlds worlds, magic and that kind of thing like you would like it so i read the complete series it's three books i think it's only three then they came out with a movie it was terrible although nicole kidman was fantastic in it but the rest of the movie was garbage and they cut out. So it's basically it's basically like the atheist version of a lion, a witch and the lion, the witch and the wardrobe, because, of course, that series is like very overly Christian. This yeah. series is like very much 
the church is battling science kind of a thing. Right. But I don't think that like, I don't think it's so overt that like it's going to feel super judgy or like preachy. But it's a great show. There's a lot of great, not necessarily big time actors in it, um, but like all of the kid actors are amazing when they're sort of like the main characters. And Lin-Manuel Miranda is in it. Which they just announced today. There's a new Pixar movie coming out. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's just Walt Disney. Either or. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lin-Manuel is doing the music for it. You know, listen, I wish he would just fucking, he and Patrick Rothfuss need to get together and actually make the King Killer Chronicles a movie or shows, whatever they're going to do with this. That's, that's the project that needs to happen. Stop dragging your feet on this Disney stuff. Yeah, come on, Lynn. Although he's probably getting paid a buttload of money from Disney. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah, sure. the mouse is all about Lynn. Yeah. So. so. Cool. Anyway, it's a great series. And I okay. recommend, uh, I rec- definitely recommend picking up the book and seeing, you know, seeing if Amy likes it. Could be a good okay. Christmas gift if you need ideas. There you go. It's not a bad idea. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't listen to this podcast, so. There you go. Maybe. And cool. by the time this comes out, it will already probably be, Christmas be after Christmas. So Great. So listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon Music, pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts. Are we on Amazon Music now? We are. What? Did you make Ooh, that my happen? my voice cracked. I made that happen. Yeah. Pat, you're awesome. Pretty amazing, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it was that hard. Whatever it was, I think I just clicked a button. <laughs> so we're we're there and uh please just rate us if you ever see anywhere we can be rated rate us five stars or whatever the top is it helps, helps other people find us what else sammy <laughs> <laughs> you can follow us on instagram facebook and twitter at kickstreampod and you can send emails but please no spoilers to kickstreampod at gmail.com um, and you can check out show notes for this and every episode at kickingstreaming.com Happy 10 episodes, everybody. Happy Thanks for sticking with us. episodes. We have a decade. Yeah, only like another episodes. 110 episodes left. Yes. There's Something. a lot. We did the math, and it is that there's a lot. Yeah. So we're going to have jump we're on board be doing now. some just <laughs> buffy trains are moving. Because, yes. So that we don't have um, like, what, 20 something buffy episodes at the end? <laughs> Yeah, first Buffy episode standalone is going to be the season finale, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, that's right. So that's coming it's up. A short. Not Buffy is only twelve episodes in the first season, so right. That is so two more episodes. Yep. It'll be all Buffy, all the time. So you Buffy fans are going to geek out. I will. You don't have to deal with that lost island no, garbage. My nonsense. dad will skip right over that episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're gonna lose <laughs> just be like, nope. some listeners there. <laughs> yeah, but it'll that's be kinda okay. interesting. So yeah. Well, Pat. Good times. Good times. And just remember that streaming is always better. With friends. friends. <laughs>